lot of podcasts these days. Tip, tip, tippy toe around everybody's little feelings. The little snowflakes are fragile. But you won't get any of that crap here. Welcome to the Mark G Show. From political issues to cultural issues to current events and everything in between, we're talking about it. And we talk about it how we want. Melting the little snowflakes. (laughs) This is the Mark G Show. And this is Mark G. What is going on, everybody? Hey, I'm Mark G. My co-host is Gary G. That's right. That's my brother over there rocking it with the afro. When else do you see a white man rocking an afro? Brother, what is happening, Gary? How are you, my man? What is happening? This afro is subdued. It's fresh out the shower. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. A lot has happened over the course of the week. Um, And before we even start talking, even with our hellos, I'm going to get this out of the way now so I don't have to worry about it as we get in the heat of the moment. thing. Yes, the lovely disclaimer. Because we are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, although I'm not too worried about Twitter anymore, but as far as uh, Facebook and YouTube goes, I'm still a little more concerned. So let me get my little disclaimer out of here. Folks, if you're tuning into the show, please note that everything you're hearing on the show are the views and the opinions of myself, my brother, and any guests that may appear on or come onto the show from the Wisdom app or anywhere else, uh, for that matter. And it is for solely entertainment purposes only. Do what you please with the information. If you question anything that we say, please feel free to research it yourself. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Gary, what is happening? Well, I'm just looking forward to digging into these uh, Twitter files. There's a lot of them. Dude, we so, recorded last uh, Monday, and there's four new parts. That is fucking yeah. crazy. Elon Musk is going to town with his reporter friends, and there's just quite a bit of information today, quite a bit of information out there. I'm and just stoked. The whole process in itself is is a great thing. It is. It is. I'm still, I still wish they would have done it in a video format, but you know, I kind of like it this way and I don't, the only reason why I don't like it this way, sometimes it's hard to follow along. Mm. Um, but we're going to, we're going to rock it out. Uh, the, the, after our last show, we had Barry Weiss. She was the next one to release, uh, the second part of, um, the Twitter files and it was labeled the Twitter file part two, Twitter secret blacklist. Which is interesting, right? Because this is when we start learning about the censorship that's coming from Twitter um, and how they legitimately did, quote unquote, shadow ban people when they said they did not. Even Jack Dorsey said, oh, we don't shadow ban people. Remember when he stepped upon Congress and said that himself? But they have, right. a, they have their own secret words from shadow banning. So Jack Dorsey mm. also said, hey, we don't shadow ban, but we do this. But he didn't have to say that when he was in Congress. So that might be what saves his ass if he has to go back upon Congress to answer everything that's coming out in Twitter files. Um, mm. And before I jump into this too, I do want to say that I am noticing on Twitter the Democratic Party is starting to lose their absolute shit on what's happening out here with these Twitter files. Uh, matter of fact, I can't remember the congressman that came out and posted on Twitter. Uh, I wish I, I saved the tweet. But he posted on Twitter saying that they need to open an investigation on Elon Musk to see what foreign countries are involved and it's making them release these. Like, are they that scared? Because Elon Musk is about ready to come out and start releasing stuff in regards to COVID. Hence the reason why he's hinting around with Dr. Fauci uh, and all that stuff, because I, I'm, I'm waiting for that, because that's going to be a big one. 
So I hope your two-week break goes really fucking quick after this episode so we can get back and talk about the Fauci ones because that's going to be incredible. Without further ado, folks, <laughs> let's jump in because I, I, I could talk on forever. Madison, I do see you on Facebook. I'm sorry that you're still sick, and I hope you definitely do get better and you, you have a speedy recovery. All right, so here we go. Rocking it out with Barry Weiss. She's got part two. We're going to go through, folks, for if you're just tuning in, let me explain how we're going to do this. Um, there's been four new parts of the Twitter files that have been released. We are trying to cram this in between an hour and an hour and a half's worth of time. Um, so we're going to go through them in different segments. I'm probably going to have to slow down when I get to pictures that have screenshots of certain things that we have to read. Uh, but we're going to try our best to kind of go through these Twitter files. And if anybody on Wisdom would like to chime in during the time of the Twitter files, please do. I will constantly look over at the, um, the screen to see if anybody's trying to ring in over on Wisdom. Without further ado, folks, Barry Weiss is the next person on part two. Let me get started. Number one. A new Twitter files investigation reveals that the teams of Twitter employees build blacklists, prevent disfavored tweets from trending, uh, from trending, trending. Dear God, I can't even speak and actively limit the visibility of entire accounts or even trending topics all in secret without informing users. Ow. Okay, let's keep moving. Mm. I know, mm. right? Things that go, hmm. Twitter once had a mission to give everyone the power to create and share ideas and information instantly without barriers. Along the way, barriers nevertheless were erected. Uh, I know a few things that were erected. I got five kids. Take the example. <laughs> I had to plug that joke. I'm sorry. That was an awful. That was a dad joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> Take the example. Stanford Dr. J. Oh, boy. Can you, can you, uh, you're not looking at this. At the I'm moment. not looking okay. at the one you're looking at. All right. So, Bata, Bata, Kara, Bata, Bata Chara. I'm sorry if I'm butchering the name. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Dr. J, we're just going to call him, who argued that COVID lockdowns would harm children. Twitter secretly placed him on trends blacklist, which prevented his tweets from trending. And what I'm going to do right now, for those who are watching on Facebook and YouTube and so forth, I'm going to go ahead and open up this picture. And you're going to look at this thread's picture here. It is the uh, Dr. J right here. And I'm not sure if this, if we're looking, we must be looking at the Twitter back files here. If you're looking at this picture, it says a recent abuse strike. Uh, oh, let me pull this up. Actually, this is why I had that off. Stand by folks. I'm going to go ahead and we're going to share the screen. Um, John Timmons, how do you feel about the current state of, uh, we'll get into that in a little bit, John, right now we are going off the Twitter files, but man, I'm going to go ahead and share this screen. If give me one second, Gary, I'm going to get it up here. Um, I'm bullish on crypto. You're bullish on crypto? Gotcha. Okay, so here we go. We're going to pull up the screen here, and I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to take off our screen because that's when that's why I had it off. I was wondering why I'm our layout. There we go. All right, so as you can see here, Professor Stanford uh, School of Medicine, MD, PhD, Health Policy, Infectionist Disease, COVID, Health, Economics, uh, whatnot. That's his profile. Uh, you can see he's got recent abuse strikes, trends, blacklist, strikes count. So he's got an active account, and he's currently on the trends blacklist. See that? that, that that's kind of sketchy, don't you think? Hmm. Right? So, so this must be I like... Wonder the, why, I wonder why he's on the trends blacklist. Right. My guess is, is because it came up to... This is during the COVID episode, right? Now, I'm guessing mm -hmm. because he was talking about how uh, COVID lockdowns would harm my children, which it definitely did. I 100% I mm -hmm. agree that it did. We can talk about that here in a little bit once we get through some more. Um, and then we're, I'm just going to keep, cause this is actually a great, yeah, just plow through it, just yeah. plow through it or consider the popular right-wing talk show host, Dan Bongino, 
who at one point was slapped with a search blacklist as well. So if you're looking at Dan Bongino's here on the right-hand side, you're going to see he's got a notification spike, search blacklist, Twitter blue verified, multiple accounts, strike count zero, NSFW view, and SPMA. So this is definitely the uh, Twitter the Twitter log things that as a Twitter employee, you would see with these photos. So you can see that they gave him a search blacklist. So therefore, if you're looking for something during the Dan Bongino show, you weren't going to find it. Hmm. Quite interesting, ain't it? It is. It right. really is. Uh, so Twitter set the account of conservative activist, Charlie Kirk to do not amplify. And if you're looking at the picture, you're going to see that he has that here as well. Uh, and of course he doesn't have any recent abuse strikes, his notification spike. So my guess is, um, uh, you know, he's getting more notifications, probably why he has notification spike there. Uh, but do not amplify. It's another another very interesting thing here. Uh, Twitter denied that it does such things in 2018. Twitter, Vijaya Gaddy, oh, here we go with her name again, the head of legal policy and trust, and a Kayvon Bake, poor head of product, said, we do not shadow ban, they added, and we certainly don't shadow ban based on political viewpoints or ideology. Interesting, because I just saw proof of that. What many people call shadow banning Twitter executives and employees call visibility filtering, or VF. Multiple high-level sources confirmed its meeting. So I, w- I want to stop there real quick, because we were just talking about that, right? When I was saying that Jack Dorsey may have a way to get out of possibly being prosecuted uh, for lying upon Congress, that might be the loophole right there. Right, for uh, him. Right, saying, yes, I was correct. We do not shadow ban but we do have the visibility filtering, but it's just another way of wording shadow ban. If you ask, me. Uh, and that's, and that, that's the thing that's like, it's, it's mental gymnastics. It's, it's like, they're just playing with words. Like, no, we are not shadow banning. And you can say that confidently and you're not lying, right. but you're also being very disingenuous about the fact that you're doing view filtering or whatever the fuck it's called, which is in fact another form or a subset of shadow banning, right? But exactly. it's just got a it's got a cute little title to it, so it doesn't sound so fucking mischievous. <laughs> and I just that's that's the thing that just drives me through the roof with all of this. It's it's just it's it's bullshit on uh language. They're just playing with language and making everything like fucking weird and <laughs> playing with words that's that's just how they're getting away with that shit exactly it drives me nuts. <laughs> makes you want to punch right, a sure. monitor no that's oh, fine dude. think about visibility <laughs> number eight think about visibility filtering as being a way for us to suppress what people see to different levels it's very powerful tool one senior twitter employees told us VF refers to Twitter's control over user visibility. It's used, uh, it used VF to block searches of individuals' users to limit the scope of particular tweets' discoverability to block select users' posts from ever appearing on the trending page and from inclusion of hashtag searches. Very interesting. I'll talk about hashtags here shortly. All without users' knowledge. I don't know. Why, why did she put that? I hate how they do this. See, that, that number 10 should have been right up in number 9. Right. Uh, we control visibility quite a bit and we control the amplifications of your content quite a bit. And normal people do not know how much we do. One Twitter engineer told us two additional Twitter employees confirmed the group that decided whether to limit the reach of certain users was the strategic response team, which we talked about uh, last week, global escalation team and SRT dash GET uh, straight get, I guess, or it often handled up to 200 cases per day. That's fucking huh. crazy. 
Uh, but there existed a level beyond official ticketing, beyond the rank and file moderators following the company policy on paper. That is the site integrity policy, policy escalation support known as SIP-PEZ. These fucking abbreviations are going to get to me. I'm going to come up with a bad dad joke soon. The secret group included head of legal policy and trust Vijaya Gaddy, the global head of trust safety, Yol Roth, uh, subsequent, oh God, help me. Subsequent CEO. Thank Jack you. Dorsey. CEOs Jack Dorsey and Perig uh, Agrell and others. Folks, if I butcher these names, I do apologize. I am very bad at names. Hell, I'm bad at White. birth dates too. <laughs> this is where the biggest, most politically sensitive decisions got made. Thank high follower account. Controversial. Another Twitter employee told us for these, there would be no ticket or anything. One of the accounts that rose to the level of scrutiny was Libs of TikTok. God, I love that account. An account that was on the trends blacklist and was designated as do not take action on user without consulting with Sip Pez. Dude, Libs of TikTok is a phenomenal account. I, I, I go on there and I watch that thing religiously and laugh quite a bit. There's so much stuff out there that just... How, why? So you're looking at this picture that you see that it does rate a high profile active notification spike, trends blacklist, recent abuse strike. Uh, they verified multiple counts, strike count. They've got two strikes on them. Uh, it's a high profile NSFW view and other. I wonder what the other is. Moving forward, though, the account with uh, which Chaya Raychik began in November 2020 and now boosts over 1.4 million followers was subjected to six suspensions in 2022 alone. Raychik says each time Raychik was blocked from posting for as long as a week. Twitter repeatedly informed Raychik that she had been suspended for violating Twitter's policy against hateful conduct. I've never seen anything hateful on there. I've only seen her post uh, repeats of TikTok videos. Uh, the account... Uh, Posting for, okay, Twitter repeatedly informs against hateful content. But an internal SIP has memo from October 22 after uh, her seventh suspension, the committee acknowledged that LTT has not directly engaged in behavior violating of the hateful conduct policy. See here. And a post, um, it looks like, here we go. There's an assessment. Let me pull up this image real quick, see if it pulls up. Stand by. I'm just trying to, I'm looking at the screen, folks. Okay, there we go. I got it nice and blown up now. All right, so site policy recommendation uh, recommends placing libs of TikTok, 1.3 million follow, uh, followers, not verified in a seven-day timeout at the account level, meaning not for a specific tweet based on the account's continued pattern of indirectly violating Twitter's hateful conduct policy by tweeting content that either leads to or intends to incite harassment against individuals and institutions that support LGBTQ communities at this time. Site policy is not found explicitly explicitly violate violative tweets which would result in a permanent suspension of the account this type of enforcement action repeated seven-day timeouts at the account level will not lead to permanent suspension however should ltt engage in any other direct direct tweet tweet level god i feel so funny saying tweet level violations of any site policies uh, we will move forward with a permanent suspension the assessment since at most recent timeout while ltt has not directly engaged in behavior violating uh, violative of the hateful conduct policy. The user has continued targeting individuals, allies, supporters of the L. Dear God, why is this friggin' abbreviation get so big? LGBTQIA plus community for alleged misconduct, the targeting of at least one of these institutions. Okay, folks, please, for the love of God, lesbian, gay, or trans, that's it. Why the hell? 
LGBTQIA+. What the hell does it all so stand for? So Q is queer, right? Which is, isn't that just another, is it queer? And isn't I, that I just another word for gay? I, I, I would I would assume uh, so. And then what's the I? I'm just, I don't know. Like, I don't I know straight what the I up is. don't know. And A what? is just asexual? <laughs> Asex, I think that is what it is, the asexual. Okay. But what is the I? I don't know. Like, I'm so lost. Like, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm old school. Mm. Somebody want to train me on this, but I thought it's tough. Man. It is like, uh, uh-uh. this is new stuff. This is where freaking YouTube and Facebook may come after us. But seriously, I, when you, when we were, when we were growing up, you were either gay or straight, right? Gays was a guy who, who liked other men, lesbians, obviously female who liked, you know, other females. That was it. It was lesbian, gay. And then there's trans, right? And then, and then there's um, other stuff, but there was no LGBTQIA plus. Like, no. Okay, moving on. Sorry, folks. Uh, I'm lost. I'm old school. Leave me alone. All right, here we go. Number 20, got to move forward. The committee justified her suspensions, uh, suspensions internally by claiming her post encouraged online harassment of hospitals and medical providers by insinuating that gender-affirming health care is equivalent to child abuse or grooming. Um. I will get into that in another episode. Compare this as to what happened. Raychick herself was doxxed on November 21st, 2022. A photo of her home with her address was posted in a tweet that has garnered more than 10,000 likes. Okay, to me, that seems a little bit more dangerous at that point. Raychick told Twitter that her address has been disseminated. And she says Twitter support responded with a message. We reviewed the report content. Didn't find it to be in violation of Twitter rules. No action was taken. The doxing tweet stayed up and is still up. And here's the image for those who are watching, pulling it up now on the screen. This is a uh, Twitter support responding back to her. Hello. Thanks for reaching out. We reviewed the report content and didn't find it to be in violation of Twitter rules. In this case, no action will be taken at this time. If you have further concerns, blah, da, 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 da. So this, this post is still up. They doxed her and all the information is still on there. Hmm. So that don't violate it. Right? So putting someone's address, personal address of their home right up on the web for anybody to see saying, listen, here you go. It's not violating it, but yet you're going to post your thoughts and your opinions on certain matters that violates. I'm lost. Let's move forward. Hold on. Didn't they, uh, wasn't, so that was if, so someone put a uh, conservative address on Twitter. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Is that what that person is? Yeah. Okay. So didn't somebody just recently show up outside of some of the past Twitter employees, private residents. And now they're really like upset about that. Yes. Yeah. I remember, but they were involved in putting a conservative person's address out there and whatever were to happen to them is just, it's in the, it's the, it's in the hand of God. Right. So supposedly but when the tables are turned, it's pretty fucked up, isn't it? Right. Yeah. It's good for the goose. It's good for the can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move forward here. There's a, quite a bit of these Twitter files here. So 23, the internal Slack messages, Twitter employees spoke of using technicalities to restrict the visibility of tweets and subjects. 
Here's Yol Roth. Twitter's the uh, Twitter's then global head of trust and safety and direct message to a colleague in early 2021. So this is in 2021 that this was a message here. Pulling it up. A lot of times, Psy has used technicality spam enforcements as a way to solve a problem created by safety under enforcing their policies, which again, isn't a problem per se, but it keeps us from addressing the root cause of the issue, which is that our safety policies need some attention. I'm going to keep reading here and then we'll pick at this here shortly. Six days later, in a direct message with an employee on the health misinformation, privacy, and identity research team, Roth requested more research to support expanding non-removal policy interventions like disabling engagements and de-amplification slash visibility uh, filtering. I'll pull this up here. All right. One of the biggest, uh, this is a message from Yul Roth, folks, by the way, the ones who cannot see the screen. It goes, one of the biggest areas I love to research support on is re non-removal policy interventions like disabling engagements and de-amplification slash fil- uh, visibility filtering. The hypothesis underlying much of what we've implemented is uh, if the exposure to an example misinformation directly causes harm, we should use remediations, uh, remedies that reduce exposure and limiting the spread of vir- virality of content is a good way to do that by just reducing prevalence overall. We got Jack on board and implementing this for civic integrity in the near term, but we're going to need to make more robust case to get this into our uh, repertoire policy ruminations, especially for other policy domains. So I'd love to research POV on that. So I'm thinking uh, 20. Yeah. So we are already in within COVID times. So this is getting kind of interesting where we're now we're starting to talk about throttling. Oh, was that me? Or is that you? Uh-huh. That was me. My bad, folks, for that sound. So we're, we're talking about throttling stuff regards to COVID at this point. Uh-huh. Roth wrote the hypothesis underlying much of what we've implemented is that if exposure to example misinformation directly causes harm, we should. Okay, we just read that. We're going to go to number 26. He added, we got Jack on board with implementing this for civic integrity in the near term, but we're going to need to make more robust. Why is she repeating the stuff she shares? All right. Uh, Going to 27, folks. Folks, sorry if I'm reading kind of like mumbling at the end because as I'm reading her next post, they're going with the picture. Um, So I'm just skipping over that. So we're down to number 27 now by Barry Weiss. There is more to come on this story, which was reported by Abigail. Okay. Uh, She reposts a couple of reporters here and the team of free speech. Keep up with the folding. So it's just a plug for her her, uh, newspaper here that she's doing. Uh, 28, the authors have... Broad and expanding access to Twitter files. The only condition we agreed to was the material would first be published on Twitter. We're just getting started on our reporting documents. Cannot tell the whole story here. A big thank you to everyone. Okay, so that's nothing important to us. All right, so that's the end of uh, Barry Weiss. So from what I'm seeing from what Barry Weiss has just posted on this, we'll, we'll stop here real quick and talk about Barry Weiss's post. Um, number one, we're seeing throttle, we're seeing censorship, we're seeing shadow ban. Shadow ban actually does exist. Conservatives, Republicans, independents have been screaming that shadow banning has been happening since everything's all this bullshit has started, right? We've been screaming it. But the people on the left, the Democrats have been calling us conspiracy theorists, saying you're lying, this is not a thing, it does not happen. Folks, I'm here to tell you my tinfoil hat is coming off. And I saw her post and I'd love to relay that post. I no longer identify as a conspiracy theorist. I'm now identifying as 
I told you so. With that being said, <laughs> I mean, because listen, it seems all this stuff that people were calling us conspiracy theorists on, well, in fact, is coming to light and is becoming true. You call us conspiracy theorists on Hunter Biden's laptop. Guess what? There's more information coming out about his laptop, more information that's being exposed on his laptop that it's true. His laptop does exist. It was not a Russian conclusion, conclusion, whatever you want to call it. It's legit. And now we're talking about shadow banning, how people were throttled and being blocked on Twitter so you wouldn't see their posts because, hey, maybe that information would have became useful for you. Maybe that information would have changed your mind on possibly getting the jab for COVID. Maybe that information would have changed your mind when it came to voting. It was all throttled down so you didn't see this information. That, to me is scary as fuck go ahead talk about misinformation right like they're fucking completely misguiding the public they are 100 percent. yeah all right so we just read that one that was uh twitter files part two we're gonna go over to three um i'm gonna take this one off uh number three came from matt taibbi uh he's actually he's pretty good um i'm kind of liking his i'm not sure about barry weiss yet i'll I'll figure her out later on why I see more posts from her, (laughs) (laughs) but let's move on. Uh, You know, regardless of who the reporter is and how they're releasing this information, all this information should be deemed useful to everybody and should open up your eyes. Even if you're on the liberal side, to be honest with you, you should, your eyes should be opened up right now and seeing what's really going on and what could have maybe changed your mind. If something with the, by listening to what's going on here. Uh, but yeah, this is the removal of Donald Trump part one. So this is when we're going to get close and we're going to see that Twitter, uh, came into play with the elections in a way, in a way, not saying it had full blown, uh, but yeah, in a way, and give me one second, folks, I'm going to take two seconds to respond back to my wife. Cause if I don't, she's going to come into this podcast and be like, are you alive? <laughs> So I'm just going to reply. Uh, she can tune in and she, she could tune see in. Her a lot. <laughs> she's working. She's working. She is working. She is working. All right. So Matt Talaby, we're going to go right into it here. Um, folks, like I said, if you're on wisdom, and you want to chime in, feel free to do so. The phone lines to the podcast is shut down tonight as we go through a lot of information here. Um, Unless one of you wisdomers want to pop in. Yes. Wis- wisdomers, you are allowed to pop in. I will look over and if I see you in there, I will bring you in. Uh, number two, the world knows much of the story of what happened between riots at the Capitol on January 6th and the removal of President Donald Trump from Twitter on January 8th. We'll show you what hasn't been revealed, the erosion of standards within the company in months before January 6th, decisions by high-ranking executives to violate their own policies and more against the backdrop of ongoing documented interaction with the federal agencies. Folks, this is when I think the liberals really started... the the. The Democrats in office to be the power to be start, you know, squirming in their pants, especially the FBI. And I believe the FBI needs a full blown investigation done on them. They need to be shut down. Any three letter agency needs to disappear. Agreed. The first installment covers the period before the election through January 6th. Tomorrow, uh, Schellenberg, which we'll get into Schellenberger's uh, stuff here soon, will detail the chaos inside Twitter on January 7th. On Sunday, Barry Weiss will reveal the secret internal communications from the key date 
of January 8th. Whatever your opinion on the decision to remove Trump that day, the internal communications at Twitter between January 6th and January 8th have clear historical importance. Even Twitter employees understood in the moment it was a landmark moment in the annals of speech. Let me uh, go ahead and open up this. Uh, looks like an internal message here. Uh, dated as time 162648. So that's time. Is this the first sitting head of state to ever be suspended? That is the message that came through. Um, there wasn't any uh, pretext to that. It goes, as soon as they finished banning Trump, Twitter executives started processing new power. They prepared to ban future presidents and White Houses, perhaps even Joe Biden. That's right, folks. Sleepy Joe Biden. Uh, the new administration says one executive will not be suspended by Twitter unless absolutely necessary. So this is, again, what we're looking at here is a, an eternal document. Um. So let's see. I'm just kind of just browsing. Here's a link. Uh, it is clear that another account is being used for the purposes of evading a ban. It is also subject to suspension for government accounts such as POTUS and White House. We will not suspend those accounts, but will take action to limit their use. However, these accounts will be transitioned over to the new administration in due course and will not be suspended by Twitter unless absolutely necessary to alleviate real world harm. Uh, so that was an eternal message as well. Scrolling down, uh, number seven, Matt Talby posted, Twitter executives removed Trump in part. Taibbi. Taibbi. Sorry. What did I say? Talibi. Talibi. Yeah, he's not Taliban. Sure. Oh, Taibbi. Yeah. Sorry, Matt. If Matt, if you, I doubt you're listening. But if you are listening, Matt, I'm sorry. He's not. Down, but right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter executives removed Trump in part over what one executive called the context surrounding actions by Trump and supporters over the course of the election and frankly, last four plus years. In the end, they looked at, at a broad picture, but they approach then cut. Oh, sorry, then cut both ways. So we're going to look at this. Um, it's another internal message. A lot of internal messages are releasing here. Hi, Vijay. I'm working with, and that's redacted on my team to put together a doc to share with you with a POV from research. Ours academic with whom we've had been, uh, who, whom we have been working, etc. On D. DJT's language as code and incitement to further violence. I think I got to slow myself down because I'm starting to stutter. In the meantime, here's our quick uh, take. The decision on whether to pull that particular tweet or use that as a last straw for Trump depends on many factors, including number one, the overall context and narrative in which that tweets live uh, lives or lives. We currently analyze tweets and consider them at a tweet by tweet basis, which does not appropriately take into account the context surrounding. You can use the yelling fire into a crowded theater example. Context matters in the narrative that Trump and his friends have pursued over the course of the election. And frankly, the last four plus years must be taken into account when interpreting, interpreting and analyzing the tweet to the larger question is around our moral and imperative and decision as a company, which our sentiment should, yeah, I said that right, should not drive based on number one and believe that his tweets does violate our rules when taking the historical context plus current climate into account. So here they're talking about Trump and uh, already talking about possibly banning him out. Um, the bulk of the internal debate leading to Trump's ban took place in those three January days. However, the intellectual framework was laid in the, months proceeding to the Capitol riots. Before January 6th, Twitter was a unique mix of automated rules-based enforcement and more subjective moderation by senior executives. As Barry Weiss reported, 
The firm had vast array of tools for manipulating visibility, most of all which were thrown at Trump and others pre-January 6. As the election approached, senior executives, perhaps under pressure from federal agencies with whom they met more as time progressed, increasingly struggled with the rules and began to speak of vios and pretext to what, what they do and what they likely have done anyway. So we're going to stop right there real quick and let me just get a drink and look over here. So we got no one talking right now. So after January 6th, excuse me, man, there's a lot of friggin' information that's come out. Internal Slack really <laughs> show Twitter executives getting kick out of the intensified relationships with federal agencies. Here's trust and safety head Yul Roth laminating a lack of generic enough calendar descriptions to concealing his very interesting meeting partners. So here, this is where it gets kind of interesting as well. Um, we actually got a message over on YouTube from Mike Baker. Twitter, the DNC, and federal agencies colluding to suppress and or highlight information vital to either candidate is election interference. 100%, 100%. agree 100% agree with you, Mike. 100% agree with you. Yep. Um, going ahead and looking at this, I'm going to click on this picture so I can enlarge it here. So Yo Roth, uh, just listen to how Yo Roth words this and, and use your own mind, your own decision, how, what you want to take of this. I, it happened. I'm a big believer in calendar transparency, but I reached a certain point where my meetings became very interesting to people in there, uh, to people and there weren't meeting names generic enough to cover. Anyway, let me know. Very boring business meeting that is definitely not about Trump. Smiley face. Pretty much. Definitely not meeting with the FBI, I swear. Laughing my ass off. So they, they're, they're really joking about this at this point, right? So as they're going through this, they're finding this extremely funny that they're dealing with the FBI, that they're about ready to ban Trump. Like, they're getting a kick out. Like, their jollies are getting off. Their happy socks are prepared. They're ready to go dive into their room and just get their rocks off over this. It, it's absolutely sickening. Absolutely fucking sickening. All right, moving forward. These initial reports are based on searches for docs linked to prominent executives whose names are already public. They included Roth, former trust and policy chief Vijaya Gaddy, and recently planked walk deputy general counsel and former top FBI lawyer Jim, lawyer Jim Baker, who, by the way, was just recently fired by Elon Musk. We talked about that last Monday. One particular Slack channel offers a unique window into the evolving thinking of top officials in late 2020 and early 2021. On October 8, 2020, executives opened a channel called US 2020 underscore XFN underscore enforcement. Through January 6, this would be home for discussions about election-related removals, especially ones that involved high-profile account accounts, often called VITs, for very important tweeters. So, folks, this is what we're going to talk about. Matter of fact, with, uh, even Mike Baker was just talking about uh, election interference. Let's go ahead and open this up. So they had their own special thread and stuff for this. Uh, the email or message replies, hey, everyone, starting tomorrow, October 9th until November 15th, this channel will be used for the following re reasons related to the U.S. 2020 elections. Trends identified that require scaled investigations, high-profile accounts, escalations that potentially require P2 soft interventions, scalable solutions required, edge cases for XFN consultation, highlight tech issues, bugs, tools, outages, Jira tickets. This is an enforcement channel between T and, T and A, blah, 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 
and TWS to help speed up our response related to election issues over the coming few weeks. Get, GET will um, will start providing a handover starting APAC shift tomorrow, Friday. This po- Folks, please bear with us as they're using abbreviations within uh, the Twitter agency or Twitter company. Using the following template handover, next shift, EMA, da-da-da, bunch of abbreviations, open escalation, none notes from the shift, ask, can you please make sure everyone on your team is within the channel? The teams that we included are as follows, site integrity, safety policy, product trust, safety operations, media ops, global escalation team, and if you have any further questions or concerns, please let me know. All right, so interesting, right? Have you read all this yet, or are you learning some new stuff, too, as I'm going through this? No, I'm going through this right now with you. Gotcha. All right, let's run. I've been busy, dude. Yeah. (laughs) I hear you. All right, let's keep rocking. Uh, There was at least some tension between safety operations, a larger department whose staffers used a more rules-based process for addressing issues like porn, scams, and threats, and a smaller, more powerful cadre of senior policy executives like Roth and Gaddy, or Gad. That's crazy. Right. Uh, the latter group were a high-speed Supreme Court of moderation issuing content rulings on the fly, often in minutes and based on guesses, gut calls, even Google searches, even in cases involving the president. Google cases? Who trusts Google these days? I use DuckDuckGhost, just DuckDuckGhost, yep. just saying. <laughs> Let, Sorry that. All right, let's go ahead and open up this image here. Pull it up on the screen. So once again, folks, this is internal messages. If you're listening on Wisdom or listening on Apple and Spotify, um, we're live right now on YouTube, uh, Facebook, and Twitch. I mean, no, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And we're pulling up the images as we're discussing this. Uh, The internal message says, hi, everyone. Received this escalation just now. It's a tweet from Donald Trump. says, breaking news, 50,000 Ohio voters getting wrong absentee ballots out of control, a rigged election. Um, down there, it goes rigged in a rigged election would be enough to be in violation, right? They're questioning Friday, October 9th, 2020, uh, at a certain time by Yule Roth. If the claim of fact were inaccurate, yes. 10 seconds later, it took him 10 seconds, 10 seconds, but it looks like that's true. So here they are trying to find a way already. Yeah, they're, they're digging. they're, They're absolutely digging. Like their shovels are out and they're trying to dig as deep as they can right now. They're watching Trump at this point. As tight as they can. Going down to 17 right here. During this time, executives were also clearly liaising liaising the federal enforcement and intelligence agencies about moderation of election-related content. Well, we're still at the start of reviewing the Twitter files. We're finding out more about these interactions every day. So it seems like they've had quite a bit of interactions with the FBI. Yeah, policy director right policy director nick pickles is asked if they should uh, say twitter detects misinfo through ml human review in partnership with outside experts the employees ask i know that that's been busy uh, been a slippery process not sure if you want to want our public explanation to hang on that so here they are questioning if they should start labeling if they're getting outside help I'm just going to show folks because what I just said read on there as well, but I want to show everybody the images of the internal messages here. Uh, and then Nick Pickles, this, uh, can we just say partnership? Uh, an example, not sure we described the FBI slash DHS, folks, DHS, the home, Department of Homeland Security, as experts or some NGOs that aren't academic. So isn't that interesting? So not only is the FBI involved in this whole Twitter scheme of things, we also got Department of Homeland Security. 
So who's running the FBI, <clears throat> right? Because like every four years, eight years, we get a new president, but the, the people that are in the FBI aren't, they're not rotating out. People in the CIA, they're not rotating out. People in the fucking military, high rank positions, they're not ro rotating out. Who the fuck is really in charge of this ship? Right? Exactly. Because it sure as fuck is not currently Biden. And it's just really disappointing that like, the fucking the federal agencies are the ones that are killing people and setting up all this wild shit right and you're supposed to trust them right you're supposed to like, trust the feds yeah you're supposed to but trust they're them. definitely against the fucking american people they and are. that's terrifying the the government of america is against the american people that's terrifying and they label if you. all of this is true right, right? that's fucking terrifying and if you talk against them you're labeled a domestic terrorist at this point <laughs> That's absolutely bananas. Man. Like the FBI was investigating parents, parents who were going to school boards to speak up for their children who were against mask mandates, who were against um, school, like the lockdowns for kids to be at home and just being remotely learned. Like parents who were speaking against us were labeled domestic terrorists and had to be re and were being investigated by the FBI and Department of Homeland Security because they were being labeled as domestic terrorists. Like this is how crazy our world has gone. The government has turned on the American people. Unless you bow down to the government and you think that they're the greatest thing in the world. How did we get here is the question. You how, know what I mean? Like it's the it, honest question, man. How did we get here? It like in our lifetime, like that's very fast. That's very fast. It is. I mean, like we've, we've seen the shift. Like we knew what it was like before this. And I'm sure people who are, uh, 60 that's me sorry about that probably know what it was like before the 80s right right or like during the 80s Dude, i remember okay so not on the twitter just, files real quick weird. we're gonna we're gonna curve real quick just for one second because you're talking about yeah, watching the change right yeah. i remember going to high school mind you school shootings are on the rise right school shootings have been up a little bit i remember going to high school and having kids with shotguns in the back of the pickup trucks hanging, no one blimped the eye. School shootings were not even thought of. I mean, we, we did have one. I can vaguely remember it, and I should remember it because it was a big one. It was uh, the Columbine. Columbine. The Columbine shooting, mm. I think, was within mm. our high school times when you and I were in mm. high school. Sounds about right. Right, But otherwise, if you think about it, Look at how times have changed, right? What, where did yeah. we go wrong as a society? Where have we gone wrong in America? Why all of a sudden are all, all this weird? It's not shit all of a sudden. Out? It took 20 years. It did. But it was, it, was, it was slowly and incrementally. You know what I mean? One thing here, one thing there. It's like broken homes. Like how many separated families are there? How many people are there now that are atheists compared to 20 years ago? Right. Um, the, the amount of drug use, uh, the internet, how much free porn there is that's available, the shitty food. Like, there are so many reasons why we're in this position. And none of them happened overnight. It was all very... We, we offshored all of our manufacturing so we could make better profits which is great but we also like 
fueled one of the biggest fucking giants on the planet, which is China. And that's now our, they were never our partner. You know what I mean? They were just basically taking our money to like kill us to attack. It's crazy. It took, it took 20, 20 plus years to get here. It wasn't overnight, man. Right. And we basically like walked into it, set, we set the trap for ourselves and we like, we just jumped into the trap. We dug a hole with spikes in the bottom and we're jumping into that pit right now as a nation. It's I weird. think we're currently being poked by the spikes. It's whatever it is. It's not comfortable. Man. <laughs> no, I don't definitely. like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. Like, <laughs> well, let's, let's continue on because we still got friggin' two more sectors to go here in these Twitter files. Um, so the one well, number 20 right now on the, on number Twitter files, part three. Uh, this post about Hunter Biden's laptop situation shows the Roth not only met weekly with the FBI and DHS, but with the Office of D the Director of National Intelligence. Hey, look at that. What were we talking about? Uh, let's pull this up real quick. Pulling up the image of the internal messages. And the DNI, that's, <clears throat> that's what I didn't even know about. <laughs> <laughs> Bot application, bunch of shit ton of numbers. Yoler has checked in. Here's what they said. What's new for you since our last check-in? Hacked materials exploded. We blocked the NYPD story. Then we unblocked it, but said the opposite. Then said we unblocked it. And now we're in a messy situation where our policy is in shambles. Comms is angry. Reporters think we're idiots and we're... Re refactoring an exceedingly complex policy 18 days out from the election. In short, fuck my life. Weekly and weekly sync with the FBI, DHS, DNI, re-election security. The meeting happened about 15 minutes after the affirmative uh, or affirmation, 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 hacked materials, implosion. The government declined to share anything useful when asked. Monthly meetings with FBI, FITF, briefed on several ongoing investigations. So this is when Twitter got called out after the uh, the Biden's laptop story got blocked. Remember the New York Post when everybody went crazy? Facebook was blocking yep. it, Twitter. Yeah. So Ross report to FBI, DHS, DNI is almost. Um, dear God, Gary, help me out with that word. Which one? The far. I can't see it. Uh, F A R. Click on. It. Click on it. <laughs> it's a. Sorry, folks. Farsic farcical. All right, so you're having a heart issue too. All right, folks. And self, it's farcical, so it's like fake. Gotcha. Farcical and self-flagulating. Gotcha. And it's self-flagulating. Oh, yeah, could have just went on with that, huh? We blocked the NYPD story, then unblocked. So this is uh, the same thing. They double posted it. All right. I hate when they do that. All right, moving on, number 23. Some of Ross later slacks indicates his weekly confabs with federal law enforcement involves separate meetings. Here he goes to the FBI and DHS respectively to go first to an Aspen Institute thing, then take a call with Apple. Oh, wait a minute. Apple, this is the first hearing about Apple. Hold on. What do we got going on here? Yo, Roth, 803 8.03 p.m., I'm guessing. No, 8.03 a.m., Hi there. I have to miss the FBI and DHS meetings today. Unfortunately, I saw you're on the invites for both as our site policy. Can you give me a quick readout if there's anything interesting that comes up? Patrick Collins says, sure thing. I hope that everything's okay. Y'all responds, yeah, I just have conflicts at both times. An Aspen Institute thing this morning on vaccines that I have to present at. And then a call with Apple to avoid us getting kicked out of the app store during the DHS one. Ah, those seem very important, Patrick Collins says. Yul Ross says, indeed. So, interesting. 
Wonder why Apple is going to remove. I don't recall anything in regards to Apple removing Twitter. So neither do I. Yeah. All right, down to number twenty-four. Here, the FBI sends reports about a pair of tweets, the second of which involves former Tippecanoe County Indiana Councilor and Rep- Republican named John Bashman, claiming between two percent and twenty-five percent of ballots by mail are being rejected for errors. Uh, folks, this one I'm not going to expand because I can read it all here. We just got a report from the FBI concerning two tweets, and it's got a number here related to the shredding of mail ballots. Uh, this is proven to be false via the, and they give out a link to, uh, to PolitiFact. We have a moment ready. Uh, do we have a moment ready for this one? And then it says, I believe was deemed no vile on numerous occasions. Folks, I don't even know if I can trust that that's been deemed <coughs> false at this point when I'm going through this because I don't know. Were there... Was election fraud? Was there election fraud? Was there shredding of documents? Was there? I mean, right? How can well, we, we don't trust know about them? the right? We don't know that about the shredding of documents, but we know for sure that there's definitely some misguided behaviors with regards to the election. Definitely which could be labeled as fraud. Exactly. The FBI second report concerned this tweet by John Bashman. Uh, John Bashman posted editorial: "The Democrats are in complete panic as their massive push for vote by mail is backfiring on them." Two things are unfolding. An unexpected number of registered Republicans are returning ballots. Between 2% and 25% of ballots by mail are being rejected for errors. So they're coming after How much do you want to bet that the 25% of the ballots that were being rejected for errors were Republican ballots? 100%. Right. I wouldn't even go under 100 uh, Matt then posts the FBI flag tweet, then got circulated in the enforcement slack. Twitter cited PolitiFact to say the first story was proven to be false, then noted the second was already deemed no vile on numerous occasions. Uh, so that's the same post right there. So we're just going to keep scrolling. Uh, the group then decides to apply a learn how voting is safe and secure label because one commenter said it's totally normal to have a 2% error rate. Roth then gives the final go ahead to process initiate uh yeah to process initiated by the FBI. So here's the FBI saying, "Hey Twitter. This is fake. Just believe us because we're the FBI. We're telling you it's fake. We need you to remove this." Twitter's like, "Oh, okay, let's do it." Monday, October 19, 2020, by Roll Yoth. I think we can use the mail-in voting label for this one as is. Um that's just an internal file there. Let's keep moving down. Examine the entire election enforcement slack. We didn't see one reference to moderation requests from the Trump campaign, the Trump white house or Republicans. Generally, we looked, they may exist. We were told they do. However, they were absent here. So folks, we just now ending part three of the Twitter files. This is where Matt ended it. And as you can see, as of right now, from everything that we're going through, there's been nothing from the Trump administration as that they, 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 that they can see. Does it exist? Maybe. But as of now, there's no information from the Trump administration that they had any poll with Twitter, asking Twitter for favors, telling Twitter, hey, you need to remove this from misinformation. Nothing there. So far, all the information that they're getting is from the Biden administration, from the FBI, from the DNC, from Homeland Security. This is the type of shit that should scare you. This is the type of shit that should make you think twice about your government agencies. This is the thing that should make you think twice about the Biden administration. I digest and move on. So do we... Go ahead. We don't have any say 
in um, leadership within these agencies, right? Like FBI, see, like most, uh, we shouldn't even know they really, we should like, we should know they exist, right? Right. Like, I don't like. We, we do, as, we don't have no say, a, but there's no voting for your head of FBI or anything. Right, right. There's none, like, like whatever's going on there <clears throat> has nothing to do with the people. Right. This is uh, unfortunately what's going to come down to is once uh, January hits and the Republicans get into the House, they have to open up an investigation on the FBI. The FBI has to take accountability for this. The DNC has to take accountability. The Homeland Security has to take accountability. And the House needs to go but after do they, them. Though? They have how to. They take, how? Because it seems just, like they are not taking accountability. They just fucking narked on. They just... You know what I mean? Like, they're trying to the silence. Past, right. They're silencing information. They're silencing the Hunter Biden laptop. They have to be, though. They have to be held Literally nothing is going to happen because of this. What's going to happen? Our government's going to close the FBI? We can't close What's going to happen? We have What's to remove the happen? leadership and put a new leadership. There, okay. ha there have who's been whistleblowers, right? Like, who's to say that the leadership that doesn't come in doesn't get brainwashed by the other lower-ranking 80% of the fucking goons that are in there who were brainwashed by the other 20% that have just been replaced. Right. There, there is no to say like we never, I don't know, know right? man. It just seems like it's like, how do you fix a completely corrupt governmental system? How does that, how do you fix that? You can't just vote that shit out. You can't. And there's no reset button. It's one of those. It, it's, I don't know. That's a tricky question you got there. And it's a question that should be asked, right? This is a yeah. question that should be asked as an American citizen to your Congress people. And, and something like this should open the eyes up to everybody, make everybody question what you were just questioning. How do we fix this? How do we fix the FBI? How do we fix Homeland Security? How do we fix DNC? Like, that's the first time, once again, like you were saying, that is the first time I've ever heard of DNC. I never knew about DNC. And then I started. So how do we, yeah. So what do we do as a okay. people? Like there's way more of us than them, but why are they so in charge? Right. Let's move on. Because I didn't vote them in. No fucks. <laughs> Let's move on to part four. <laughs> so this is from a new person, Michael Schallenberger. Um, what's it? Yes, one. All right, Michael Schallenberger here. I want uh, one. What are we? What are we getting? Oh, my, my daughter. So, folks are watching. Please know <laughs> while I record this podcast, my studio is legitimately in my dining room. <laughs> like, I if you saw the picture of my studio, in my corner, I'm surprised my wife has not kicked me out of where I'm at for my studio. Uh, but my studio is in my dining room slash kitchen area where I've got a setup because all my rooms are full with children. Uh, so my daughter's just asked for one of those chocolate chocolate truffles that my dad mailed to me. That's gonna make me fat. They, yeah they taste really good though oh my god it melts in your mouth it's delicious back to the freaking twitter files gary all right i hate you let's go <laughs> okay twitter files power four the removal of donald trump january 7th as the pressure builds twitter executives build the case for a permanent ban all right folks here we go moving on he did this completely different oh god help me okay I'm going to get lost in this one, so please bear with me. Gary, you see what I'm seeing as we're looking through this. No, you're right? good. You're all right. Okay. On January 7th, senior, uh, senior Twitter executives create justifications to ban, tr uh, ban Trump, seek to change policy to Trump's alone, dis uh, distinct from other political leaders, express no concern for the free speech and democracy implications of the ban. This is Twitter files as reported with Elwood House. 
For those catching up, please see. Okay, so he's going here, part three. Okay, hold on. For years, Twitter has restricted. Okay. For years, Twitter has restricted calls to ban Trump, blocking a world leader from Twitter, it wrote in 2018, would hide important info and hamper necessary discussions around the words and actions. Um, so they actually show this right here. Let me pull this up. Can I read more? Okay, backing up. Blocking a world leader from Twitter or removing their controversial tweets would hide important information people should be able to see and debate. It would also not silence that leader, but it would certainly hamper necessary discussion around their words and action. Let's, um, before I go move further on this, I want to mention something. There was a point in Twitter where they were doing this. They banned Trump, right? They banned Trump because Trump supposedly incited January 6th, right? But yet they allowed a terrorist from another country to air beheadings of people. And they allowed actual those beheadings. Yeah, actual beheadings. Actual beheadings. Actual they beheadings. They cut off the heads of human beings on Twitter. Correct. And those videos were okay. Those videos were okay. Never got removed. Hmm. How? But And they labeled it as the culture. That is not a culture. That is murder. That is absolute murder, and they allowed it. Yeah. Let's move on. But after the events of January 6th, the internal and external pressure on Twitter CEO Jack Rose, former First Lady, uh, First Lady Michelle Obama, tech journalist Kara Wisher, ADL High Tech VC, Chris Saka, and many others publicly called on Twitter to permanently ban Trump. I'm not going to go ahead and uh, maybe I will. Screw it. All right, opening up these images. Give me one second, folks. I wasn't going to, but we're going to go ahead and pull them up. All right, so Chris Saka says, you've got blood on your hands, Jack and Zuck. For four years, you've rationalized this terror inciting violent treason is not a free speech exercise. If you work at those companies, it's on you to shut it down. That's what Chris Saka posted. Uh, moving forward, now is the time for Silicon Valley companies to stop enabling this monstrous behavior and go even further than they have already uh, that they have already by permanently banning this man from their platforms and putting in place policies to prevent their technologies from being used by the nation's leaders to fuel insurrection. It's time for social media platforms to permanently ban Trump. Uh, Jonathan Greenblatt to bare minimum tweets after the Capitol has been stormed by extremists is too little too late. Jack, it's overdue to suspend real Donald Trump until his account stops promoting disinformation and citing violence. Okay, wait a minute. Here's the funny part, folks. You ready for Trump's last tweet on January 6th? Hmm. I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violence! Exclamation mark. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. Tweet number, tweet before that one. Please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. Down below that one. Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our Constitution, giving states a chance to certify a corrected set of facts, not the fraudulent or inaccurate ones which they were asked to previously certify USA demands the truth. I'm sorry, folks. I'm looking at those last three tweets. Did I see anything that said, hey, storm the Capitol, go in there, cause chaos, take chairs, pick up things? There's a, 
A lot of violence. A lot of violent words in there. Uh, they're extremely violent. I'm so freaking offended. Like, come on, people. Wake the fuck up. And yes, I'm going to use my language because there's nothing that incites violence over there. Nothing. Not once. I mean, he said, please support our Capitol Police. <laughs> right. Again, do you know who died during the Capitol? There was an officer who died via a heart attack. Natural mm. causes. Passed mm. away. Someone got shot, too. Yes, a veteran. A woman veteran who was actually a civilian who went in there. She was one that went inside the Capitol. She was shot mm. by Capitol Police. Unarmed. Mm. She was unarmed. Mm. They feared awesome. for their lives, supposedly, and they shot her. I still mm. say there needs to be an investigation done. She did not break into our house. She was led into our house. Folks, I've, I advise everybody to go back and watch the videos. Do I agree with what happened? No. So the problem is there's multiple entrances, and there's, there's part where people were forcing their way in and then there's parts where the police were letting people in so it's like both things happened you right. know what i mean but i don't remember hearing donald trump tell people to go and be violent no i i feel like i remember him saying to not be even outside of like the tweets, you know? Exactly. Oh yeah. I was uh, watching the speech. I actually yeah. know somebody, I know somebody who was on the ground. It's actually my niece's father who was on the ground. He was where Donald Trump was having a speech. He wasn't anywhere near the Capitol. Um, and he said there was no, no words from Trump regards to causing violence or storm the Capitol. There's no words like that whatsoever. I don't remember hearing any. Yeah. No. So, so I don't know. Let's move forward. Dorsey was on vacation in French Polynesia that week of January 4th through 8th, 2021. He phoned into meetings, but also delegated much of the handling of the situation to senior executives. Yo, yo, these names, man, people. Twitter's global head of trust and safety, Vijaya, head of legal policy trust. Sorry, folks, please don't get me banned for talking about people's names. As context, it's important to understand that Twitter and staff senior executives were overwhelmingly progressive. In 2018 to 2020, 2022, 96%, 98%, and 99% of Twitter staff's political donations went to the Democrats. We were talking about that on Monday. Remember that? Uh, and while, <clears throat> while your political affiliation shouldn't be considered or even matter at work, but God damn, I mean, that's... At this point, it kind of does matter because we're it's watching what Twitter weird, said, right? You know, it just seems very cult-like. It does. It's just interesting. In 2017, Roth tweeted that there were actual Nazis in the White House. In April 2022, Roth told colleagues that his global is to drive change in the world, which is why he decided not to become an, an academic. I'm going to go to these... Uh, these messages here. Excuse me, folks. Excuse me. Uh, Yol posted, Yol Roth, yes, that person in the pig hat is clearly a bigger threat to your brand of feminism than actual Nazis in the White House. I don't know who he's uh, saying that post to. Let me open up this one here. Um, yeah, academia is far the most abusive work and environment I've ever been in. The entire system is exploitive in a ton of ways and also not necessarily productive if your goal is to drive change in the world, which was the main reason why I left. Yeah, the uh, the college system is a hardcore left-wing indoctrination system. Hard fucking core. That it is. The college system is... Uh, Colleges need to be rethought about too. They've they are just incredibly 
and overwhelmingly taken over by left-wing Marxist ideologies. It's, well, it's bananas. When you look at when the colleges are now doing a form of racism without even knowing it, maybe, or maybe they do know it, when they now have got segregation happening in colleges. And Dude, we've seen get rid it. of the fucking safe spaces, get rid of all the fucking trigger warnings, man the fuck up. Well, you've seen the video, right? There's a few videos out <clears> there. <throat> There's now segregation in certain colleges where, uh, I'm going to say this, folks, I'm, this is where it's they brought go. segregation back. They brought segregation back. There are spots, if you are colored, that you can go into, and if you are white, you're not allowed to go into it. There's videos um, on TikTok and YouTube and so forth where it shows, matter of fact, there's a, a white individual who's sitting there using his laptop. Matter of fact, I believe he even has a Blue Lives Matter sticker on his laptop. And a colored lady walked up to him and told him he needs to move. She got mad at him because he was in her space. This was a space to be secluded just for the colored people alone to be in. We shouldn't have that. If we don't want racism, I mean, racism regardless is going to exist. No matter how many years we go down the road, right? Racism is always going to exist. It is. But if you want to try to fight racism, all parties have to be on, on the plate. You cannot have segregation. You can't have black people saying, listen, we want our own spot where we can go. But whites are not allowed. Because what you're doing is causing racism again, but now you're turning it around on the white, so now you got black-only spots, but guess what? You're kind of doing it to yourself, too. We need... We can't have this. We need to stop dividing everybody by freaking color, and people need to stop thinking about color. Because in all reality, I don't give a fuck what someone's color is. I care what their character is. And if we can look beyond that, but I mean, I'm going to keep moving forward. I know I fell off track again. But it's just, it's seriously, the segregation is bullshit. It's regressive. Yeah. <laughs> it's not progressive. It's, it's, we're so progressive that we're regressive right. is the problem. That's what's happening right now. I mean, don't get me started on how we trained, trade an arms dealer. That's another episode, folks. How we traded an arms dealer for one American. Fucking dumb. I don't even want to get into it. <laughs> he actually Fucking just had an dumb. interview too, dude. I, I'm going to find that interview. When we do our next podcast, we're going to be talking about that interview. He just Stupid did an interview. Stupid ass human being. Uh-huh. He wants to kill yeah. Americans. And we traded him for a woman who hates America. Yeah. He well, can start with her. Let's move forward. Uh, January 7th, Jack emails employees saying, Twitter needs to remain consistent in its policies, including the right of users to return to Twitter after a temporary suspension. After Roth reassures an employee that people who care about this aren't happy with where, they, where we are. I'm going to open up this email here. Excuse me, folks. Sounds like I might be getting a cold. Uh, Yo, Roth, Jack's emails have been fine, but ultimately I think people want to hear from Vijaya or Dell or someone closer to the specifics of this who can reassure them that people who care about this are thinking deeply about these problems and aren't happy with where we are. A few engineers have reached out to me directly about it and I'm chatting with them, but it's so clear that they just want to know what someone is doing, something about this, and it's not that we're ignoring the issue here. And then there's redacted information here. It looks like probably just the name is redacted. I think there's also an opportunity to help people understand that while it seems obvious and simple that we should per 
Permaban, his personal account, we can't afford to take that immediate action without first playing the movie out and anticipating all the other things that can happen and then figure out the plans for those possible scenarios. An example, if we suspend the personal account and he posts the same thing on the official government account, do we suspend that too? People can be forgiven for not thinking beyond the thing that immediately that's immediately in front of them. But Jack Vijay Dell, you don't have the luxury of just pulling the trigger without thinking things through. We tell them repeatedly that people are on it and people are working on it and they're scratching their heads wondering how hard can it be to decide if this single account is in violation. So here's like, they're contemplating, can we, should we ban Trump? Like they're contemplating here. On January 7th, Jack emails employees saying Twitter needs to remain consistent in its policies, including the right of users to return to Twitter after a temporary suspension. After Roth reassures an employee that people who care about this aren't happy with... Okay, did I just read that? I just okay. read that. Sorry about that, folks. Guess, all right, so here we go. Around 11.30 a.m. PT Pacific Time, Roth DMs his colleagues with news that he is excited to share. Guess what, he writes... Jack just uh, approved repeat offender for civic integrity. The new approach would create a system where five violation strikes would result in a permanent suspension. I'm going to go ahead and open that up here. So that's just it right there, folks. I'm just going to show you. Uh, There's a little bit bottom here. It says directional approach would be something like labels, which are severe enough to result in disabled engagements, occur strike, strike, uh, Label only strike two, label only strike three. Okay, so I was just talking about the labels of the strikes. Moving on. Progress ex- uh, exclaims a member of Roth's trust and safety team, the exchange between Roth and his colleagues made clear that they had been pushing Jack for greater restrictions on the speech Twitter allows around elections. The colleague wants to know if the decision means Trump can finally be banned. The person asked, does the incitement to violence aspect change the uh, the calcul- uh, the calculus. Ross says it doesn't. Trump continues to just have his one strike remaining. Can I ask a question? Does the incitement to violence aspect the change that uh, calculus? We just read the tweet of Trump. There was no inciting of violence. Now I want to rewind a little bit. Let's go back to the BLM protest. There was multiple times that we've seen violence incited, people inciting violence during the BLM protest when people said that they were allowed to do it to make their voices heard. They were allowed to burn down buildings to make their voices heard. They're allowed to beat up people in the streets to make their voices heard. How is that okay? How are those posts allowed to be remaining up? Because it's in the name of BLM. Trump tells people to be peaceful and respect law and order. I'm so fucking confused right now, dude. Like ideology goes far beyond logic and objective truth. This is beyond. And that's what's happening right now. This is this is an this is an ideological movement and it's going above and beyond what people believe and like as as you were just sitting there thinking about that i'm thinking about the fbi's involvement in all of this and it got me thinking like 
Proud Boys, Antifa, BLM. That's all federal bullshit. I'm, right. I'm, I'd be willing to believe, or at least to entertain the idea that all of these right wing and left wing fucking groups of people who are being triggered and dragged into, and this goes to Q, this goes to everything, all of the fucking shit. It's all psyop. Agree. I think it's, I think it's all the feds trolling the shit out of everybody on both sides. I think it's possible CIA involvement on American soil when they're not supposed to be? 100%. I'd be willing I to feel like, that. I, I don't know, man. I just feel like there's, I don't know. It's, it's beyond the people. It's beyond elections. It's, we don't have a government. I think it's like, if if the feds are controlling all of this like the FBI right they're controlling the elections which means they're the ones who will dictate the winner I see where you're going with this. I would be willing to entertain that. If anybody else would like to jump in, we're going to be after we're done with this tonight's show, we are going to take a two week uh, sabbatus here as Gary takes travels. Uh, but when we come back, I would love to have a show. If anybody wants to entertain this idea, feel free to reach out to me on air at the Mark G show.com. Uh, I would love to dig into this, see what other people's thoughts are on this. Maybe I'll start a poll on Twitter um, and see what other people think. Just seems a little too weird, right? I 100% agree with you. And, could, could it be? Could the FBI have more pull than we think? Could the CIA be involved with BLM, Proud Boys, and so forth? I think Very they well coordinate it. I think they they're I think they're coordinating. They have <clears throat> they just they have chapters, right? There's like multiple chapters in each area. There and is. then you have like central leadership that's literally controlling them both. How did those pallets of rocks get delivered? Right. Like how did all of this, when they, when they had those like no police zones or no, whatever zones they were called, the Chad zones, whatever, right. I can't remember what they're called. Yeah. I remember the, what you're talking about like regulars people can regular people just find contractors with like large cats to like move in cinder, like those big ass bear, the roadblocks, like that's all done with like big machinery and like that requires getting permits by the city to like even move those things around. Like, right. That just seems like a lot of really well-timed coordination between who the Antifa is seeing BL, uh, proud boys did it. Proud boys are seeing BLM did it, but like, what if neither one of them did it? And it was just ammo set up by the powers to be for both of those motherfuckers to go out there and just cause problems. Agree. Nope. Hundred percent agree. Be willing to entertain that. People doing. I mean, and they definitely have chapters. Remember, I was telling you, I tried to get uh, one for sure. uh, Always trying to recruit me. You're a goober, dude. Like they're just like, and it's to to no fault of your own. You know what I mean? It's it's the fucking the fact that you're patriotic and you give a shit, and they're they're preying on that. Yeah, very and, clever and that, and that would also make me the fall so if i was to entertain some of the situations 100%. this is so exactly. the agent or the undercover does not have to take the fall and show like right. get behind the bars so you recruit true patriots right. who are able to fall for us say yeah let me join in and they join in okay we're gonna have you do this so you go off and commit that crime 
boom, now you're taking the fall. Yeah. I All mean, of well, a sudden you're the getaway driver and they fucking, so did we just, put on they own temple? the bank. You know what I mean? They hired you to rob the bank, but they own the bank and they hired you to rob it. And they called the police because they hired you to rob themselves. So it's like, they set you up the whole way around. And that's like what it seems like going on in the government on, on it's the same people controlling both sides, like a puppet, right? Like that's why they have that like puppeteer right. thing. That's, I feel like that shit more so now than ever might actually be what the fuck's going on. <laughs> Do we just presidents are in heads? every four to eight years, man, who's really in charge and Congress is in for whenever they friggin' croak or eventually get voted out. Like when they, when they, when you start to be a president and you're sworn in and you go to that, you disappear for 10 days or two weeks or whatever it is to like, basically be brought up to speed like hey dipshit you're fucking your pr you're not really in charge of anything you're gonna sign these bills because we're telling you to and this is how shit really goes and if you go against this your wife and children are dead and that's that and then they go well fuck <laughs> i guess that's what we're doing right and that's what they do right I'm convinced, seriously, after hearing this shit, it seems more true that that's the case than ever before. Right. Agreed. I think we just put on our tinfoil hats again. Dude, I fucking, I apparently am swimming in a pool of tinfoil <laughs> right now because it just seems too weird. Yeah, right? Right. So Bulgs posted a photos or listen, we get comments on uh, on. That's a dope photo, by the way. Right? That is a nice photo. Good is that old. the Dukes? That is the Dukes. Dude. So Bogues just posted on uh, YouTube saying, same old same old tired dead story. Fuck all gangs calling themselves government. <laughs> yeah, it's bananas, man. Things are just really... Like, we're peeking behind the curtain. We are. Like, the Wizard of Oz. This is, like, the peak behind the curtain. And it's amazing how the Twitter files... And a Twitter file should do this to people, right? This should do this... This should ultimately do this to the people on the left. Not maybe the very diehard ones, but some of the legitimate people on the left that actually may still have brains left. This should open up their minds to start thinking like this. Like, wow, wait a minute. And this should open up their eyes. Let's go further into this because, dude, we still got one more after this. One more Twitter file. <laughs> so let's keep pushing. Uh, Ross colleagues query about incitement to violence heavily foreshadowed what will happen the following day. On January 8th, Twitter announces a permanent ban on Trump due to the risk of further incitement of violence. Folks, we've already read the tweets. There was no incitement of violence. And I'm willing to pull up Trump's uh, account since it's been reinstated to read those tweets on another episode. But uh, I just want to pull up this picture. I'm not going to repeat it, but I'm just pulling up the picture. Quote, unquote, here. risk of further incitement of violence. Yeah. Further incitement. Further incitement. Because I don't, I mean, I don't know where the original incitement. Did you know was. calling for peace is an incitement of violence, Gary? Right. No violence because he said the word violence. Right. That means violence. I, I, <laughs> so on January, Twitter says its ban is based on specifically how Trump's tweets are being received and interpreted. But in so, 2019, Twitter said it did not attempt to determine all potential interpretations of the content or is or its intent. How do you interpret someone else's tweet for the people? Well, we can't say this. It's got to be inciting violence because some 
liberal, pathetically weak dipshit inside Twitter gets scared right? because he said, don't be violent right? and fight for your freedom. And they're like, no, that's violence. <laughs> that's it. All right, here we go. Michael's right. still going on. The only serious concern we found expressed within Twitter over the implications for free speech and democracy of banning Trump came from a junior person in the organization. It was tucked away in lower level Slack channel known as Site Integrity Auto. So we're going to pull up this, uh, this image here. And it says, this might be an unpopular opinion, but one of a one off ad hoc decision like this that don't appear rooted in policy are, in my opinion, a slippery slope and reflect an alternatively equally dictatorial problem. This now appears to be a fiat by an online platform CEO with a global presence that can gatekeep speech for the entire world, which seems unsuitable. Unsustainable. Unsustainable. My bad. And that person is 100% correct. Right. Probably one of the ones still working at Twitter. It is. And it's probably why Jack Dorsey and all the other big wigs up there kept him down the basement. You always keep your ones that are, cannot ride with you. You keep them down low, keep them in the basement and locked up. For sure. Of course. But they got, they, you know, they got, they got a little stuff where you got to keep them because they're doing their good work, but they just don't keep the right opinions with you. Right. All right, let's see. Moving on. Twitter employees use the term one-off frequently in their Slack discussions. It's frequently used, reveals significant employee discretion over when and whether to apply warning labels on tweets and strikes on users. Here are typical examples. Pulling up those examples now. So the first one says, could have bounced with a strike. I don't see any scenario where we would decide not to bounce here. Just want to check if there are any concerns. Otherwise, I can bounce under RTP and close this one before I go. FYI, account for review at USA Accession. We are trying to understand the one-off decision here. A few. Um, going to the next. Friday, November 6, 2020, 838. By redacted, there's always abuse one-off. Friday, November 6, 2020, 8.38. By redacted, bounce. One off is the option. So basically all we're seeing is here communications between uh, the people and legal and so forth. Trying to determine semantics. Yeah. Recall for Twitter files too by Barry Weiss that according to Twitter staff, we control visibility quite a bit and we control the amplification of your content quite a bit. And normal people do not know how much we do. So he's just requoting that again. Wow, Michael's got quite a bit here. Twitter employees recognize the difference between their own politics and Twitter's terms of service, but they also engage in complex interpretations of content in order to stamp out prohibited tweets as a series of exchanges over stop the steal hashtag reveal. Oh, remember that? Hmm. Let's go into this, folks. We're going complex interpretations. That's an interesting right phrase. So we got okay. a redacted uh, message that went to Yul Roth. Hey, hope you're doing okay and we're able to get some sleep. Can we or have we already discussed blocking the stop to steal hashtag? It's furthering fake news in a dangerous way from what I can tell. Yul Roth responds, hey there. We're proactively resurfacing that content for review under civic integrity, and it should be blocked from the typehead and trends. If you're seeing it in either of the latter two, let me know ASAP and PT can fix it. 
Redacted says, I just saw the hashtag and then did a search on it and all the content was, was appalling. So I don't think it's showing up elsewhere. Thank you for all that you're doing. Roll says, huh? I'll flag to the election squad, the election squad. What? Redacted response. Remember that what I find appalling and what is a TOS value are not an exact overlap. Ro- hey. Huh? He goes, no, he goes, hey. oh, he goes, hey. <laughs> which means it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. It just means like, if you don't like it, we'll fucking make it disappear. That's it. That's what that means. So moving forward with Michael's uh, report here, Roth immediately DMs a colleague to ask what they, sh- uh, that they add, stop the steal and QAnon conspiracy term Kraken to blacklist of terms to be deamplified. Ross colleague subjects the blacklisting stop the steal risk Deamplifying a counter speech that validates the election. Yeah, I'm definitely getting a cold. My nose is clogging. Sorry, folks. My voice. Is <laughs> All right. Ross says, no, there's a lot going on in objection. He sent this to redacted, by the way. No, there's a lot going on. Any objections to adding stop to steal and crack into the CHAQ terms list? If there aren't any, there already. Uh, Yo, Ross responds. The daylight separating Q and the stop to steal stuff now is effectively zero. Cracking for sure if it's not already there. I'm too worried about the risk of deamplifying counter speech with stop to steal. Uh, is there more to this? Let me click on the image. Oh, he just responded back with ack. Like he must be disgusted that they can't keep going further. Stand by. Um. Why do I got, oh, wow. Okay. Closing that one down, I kind of move forward. All right. And Dean notes, Ross colleague, a quick search on top of Stop the Steal tweets and their counter speech, but they quickly come up with a solution. Deamplify accounts with the Stop the Steal and the name profile since those are not affiliated with counter speech. So Redax says, yeah, just a quick search on top of Stop Steal tweets and their counter speech. Kraken, I'm comfortable with Stop Tweets are generally Q-related, and I'm noticing an absence of counter speech. It's also super common in profiles. Actually, can we deamplify accounts with stop to steal and the name profile level? Those are not affiliated with counter speech. We'll just double-check it, folks. Right? So, listen, they, they're taking stop to steal, folks, was on a movement, right? As far as I can see, stop to steal was a movement by the people who are for Trump. And they hashtag stop the steal. And you know their question, the election. They had every right to question the election. And just like the Democratic That's side. That's very, uh, you should be free. That's right? freedom thing. And You're I, allowed to do that. Exactly. And I never cry when the Democrats were questioning the election. They have every right to. Everybody does. That's your American right to question any election. It doesn't matter what election it is. You have the right to question it. And for them to try to silence these people, it just... Freaking ridiculous. Holy redacted. I wonder who this is. Okay. Moving forward. Dear God. My nose. Oh, wow. Okay. We got one more to get through after this one. But it turns out that even blacklisting Kraken is less straightforward than they thought. That Kraken, uh, that because Kraken, in addition to being a QAnon conspiracy theory based on the mythical Norwegian sea monster, is also the name of cryptocurrency exchange and was thus allowed listed. That's Ooh. right. That's right. Yo, Ross says, also think adding Kraken to the various bots may have broken something. No, you're, ooh, but for when you're back. Oh, you guys, I removed Kraken the other day, FYI. 
It did break something. There's an app called Kraken App or something. Hold on, I'm going to open up the image because I want to just see if there's anything else. They're questioning it now. They're realizing that Kraken is also an app, which I do know that cryptocurrency app. Yeah, there's also a Kraken gym. Like, yeah. there's Kraken. I mean, there's all sorts of Kraken shit. Right. Kraken beer, Kraken alcohol. There's all sorts of shit. If we allow us that, no concerns about putting it back, but would want to see if there are other FPs. The brand Kraken account is allow listed FWIW. For what it's worth. Right. It, yeah, it's a crypto exchange. So interesting. So by doing that, they shadow ban essentially the app as well. I'm wondering, I'm hoping the people of the app are reading this and have read these Twitter files so they, they can. Well, they can't. You can't sue Twitter now for it, right? Because right. it's. Uh, by can they? By can they? Just yeah, but because that'd be, you're suing Elon basically at this point. But would it turn? See, that's the thing. Like, what is going to happen? You don't right? sue previous ownership. You sue the entity that is. Right. right. So see. if you sue it now, you're basically trying to sue Elon. Right. Well, let's see what goes on here. I'm seeing an interesting tweet thing here. Employees struggle to weather punish users who share screenshots of Trump's deleted January 6th tweets. We should bounce these tweets with a strike given the screenshots violate the policy. They are criticizing Trump, so I am a bit hesitant with applying strike to this user. Right? So they're criticizing Trump. So I'm really contemplating if I should, you know, you know, ban this user, give him a violation. So Fenny850 gems for Hugh Tile tweets, fuck off, oh my God, even Twitter says it's inciting violence. Let me read Trump's post. These are the things and events that happen when a sacred landslide election victory is so unceremoniously and viciously stripped away from great patriots who have been Badly and unfairly treated for so long. Go home with love and in peace. Remember this day forever. Oh my God. Trump told me to go home in love and peace. That Oh, that's it. I've got to go storm the freaking. People are fucking idiots. Excuse yes. my language. So folks, I am, I'm known for my language. So please bear with me. There's no inciting of violence once yet again. in that tweet, do you, do you see any words of violence? Do you see anything that can be a uh, landslide? Those are typically not very good. Uh, viciously and stripped away. Those could be words. Uh, unfairly treated. Those two words read together can be <laughs> can be um, can be violent. Yeah, man. There's a lot of violent words in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I mean, uh, that's how they're. That's, that, how, they're that's how they're taking it, right? But it seems like right. Right. I mean, and there is a little disclaimer. This claim of election fraud is disputed, and this tweet can't be replied to or retweeted or liked due to risk of violence. It's insane, dude. Right? So what if a user dislikes Trump or objects to Twitter censorship? The tweet still gets deleted, but since the intention is not to deny the election result, no punishing strike is applied. If there are instances where the intent is unclear, please feel free to raise. How do they know what the intent is, though? That's what I don't understand. It's up to their own interpretation. Yeah, that's what's weird. So I'm going to go click on it here. So I don't even like the man, but I'm not going to put up with Twitter deleting opinions they don't like. Uh, so yeah. it's the same tweet. 
And then it says, I am in agreement. One off works for commentary strike. If a tweet is agreeing with the tweets view, what if it's neutral sharing opinion? Like told you it violates Twitter policy, tweet delete only. I would agree with the tweet delete only on agreeing with the policy. Can I get your opinion here? Would agree on delete only if instance where the content is not shared with abusive intent. Thanks everyone. There are instances where the intent is unclear. Please feel free to raise. This there's, is fucking That's crazy. the intent is unclear. How is the intent unclear there? Right? What is the ambiguity about that fucking post that people can't understand the message that he's saying? Right. I mean, this person is legitimately saying, hey, I don't like Trump. But I'm not going to put but, up a tweet, a Twitter deleting opinions that they don't like. Like they're they're understanding right, that hey, Twitter's right. going ahead and just deleting stuff that because they, they don't, don't agree like with it. it, they don't like it, so yeah. they're deleting. This user's like, hey, listen, I don't like the like, guy. That's wrong. Like, but that's it's unethical. Wrong. Exactly. So what they're saying is, hey, this person on the left actually has a fucking brain, but we're still going to go ahead and delete that post because we don't agree with it. Yeah. Fucking bullshit. Right. Around noon, a confused senior executive in advertising sales sends a DM to Ross. Sales executive Jack says, we will per permanently suspend Trump if our policies are violated after a 12-hour account lock. What policies is Jack talking about? God, I got to freaking blow my nose some hot time. Hey, y'all, I have a question. Read Twitter safety thread, read POTUS, and Jack's email. Jack says, we will permanently suspend if our policies are violated after a 12-hour account lock. Uh, nothing really there. Hey, JP, for eternal awareness, this would be any policy violate, not just limited to elections, but before sharing anything, please coordinate with on the comm side. Obviously, a ton of interest in our position on this. Want to ensure that we stay aligned. Hey, Gary, we've been at this now for an hour and 33 minutes. I really do need to take a latrine break. Um, let's, let's take a fiver. All right, let's take a fiver. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick five and be back. Nothing's going to be killed here with our feed. Luckily, I, where I do a lot of streaming. I now have a, um, a little thing here from Epidemic that allows me to play music that's not copyrighted. <laughs> so what I'm going to go ahead and do, well, it, it is, but it's tied to my account name on my socials. So we're going to go ahead and play some little holiday jingle trap music for y'all while we take a quick break we will be back in about five minutes please bear with us we got to take a quick break i'm gonna mute my mic and uh fantastic idea same here oh wait i can't mute my mic i can't mute my mic because otherwise they won't hear the music all right we'll be right back
Oh shit. Yeah, I know. I got a hot mic. Unfortunately, I have to have a hot mic when uh, we we do it. Bringing us back now. All right, folks. Sorry for that. Nature calls. Okay. I couldn't hear that music either, by the way. You couldn't hear the music? Uh Uh-uh. Weird. At least I think it was playing on the Wisdom app, so hopefully it did play on the podcast. Otherwise, I'm going to have to look for dead air. Well, one minute. One hour and 38-ish minutes in. That's crazy. Yeah. Can I set a... You know what? I can flag a marker flag right there. Perfect. All right. I put a flag there. There you go. Fantastic. I think that worked. We'll find out. <laughs> Folks, I'm getting remember. used to the whole... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I remember to finally record from the box. So we have this whole box system set up for those <laughs> who don't know. Um, so I think the music played on there. Uh, let's go further into this. Um, like I said, I'm sorry that I had to take a break. Unfortunately, I drank like 32 fluid ounces of water during the hour and a half so far that we've been on this show. It's already going longer than I expected. Uh, moving forward uh, with this the show here, we're back onto the Twitter files. Um, right now, we're on Michael Schellenberger. And uh, he wrote, what happens next is essential to understanding how Twitter justified banning Trump. Sales executive, are we dropping the public interest policy now? Raw, six hours later, in the specific case, we are changing our public interest approach for his account. Oh my God, I can speak so much better. I also took an Afrin break. I love Afrin. All right, let's go with this. Um. We'll connect with comms team for sure. One last question. In the past, we exempted policy violation from a world leader due to the public interest value. Are we dropping the public interest now? And any new violation could be a trigger for me to understand. Again, we'll check with comms. We want, we cannot share publicly. Um, going back over uh, your response. Apologies for the slow reply. I've been back to back all day today in the specific case. We're changing our public interest approach for his account to say any violation would result in suspension. We aren't completely getting rid of the public interest approach, though we do have work planned on revision uh, revisions in H1 2021. So here they're looking to change it just so they can go ahead and ban Trump because yep. orange guy's bad, right? Orange guy doesn't go with our agenda, so he's got to go. He has mean tweets, man. I know he they're talks so a lot scary. Of shit. Right? <laughs> Who doesn't talk shit? Dude, his tweets were fucking hilarious oh they're the epic dude i always got a good laugh like i'm loving elon's tweets now man imagine if twitter dude, imagine so if twitter good. still controlled her right now oh my I mean, uh, freaking jack dorsey was still in there dear god, god. dude it's really good <laughs> it's really good it is so the ad executive is referring to twitter's policy of public interest exceptions which allows the content of an elected official even if it violates twitter rules if it directly contributes to understanding or discussion of a matter of public concern. And I'm not going to go ahead and click on that photo because that photo is just a clip of that policy. Michael, excuse me. (coughs) Roth pushes for a permanent suspension of Representative Matt Geitz, even though it doesn't quite fit anywhere. Duh. It's a kind of test case for the irrational for banning Trump. I'm trying to talk to Twitter safety team into removal as a conspiracy that incites violence. 
Let's go ahead and pull this up here. I hate colds. Gotta love Maine weather. Hmm. All right. So here we go. Redacta says, what's latest on Antifa claims? Anything brewing policy-wise? C is yelling from the other room that we should just ban guides. Y'all responds, yeah, SP and SI are working on that. It doesn't quite fit anywhere, right? But I'm trying to talk safety into treating it as an incitement. I think we'll get over the line for removal as a conspiracy that incites violence. Vijaya was direct, uh, directionally okay with it. So wait a minute. Are they talking Antifa? I'm a little lost here on this one. They're just trying to see if uh, what else is a violation of policy. Right. All right, so let's move forward. Around 2.30, comms executives DM Roth to say they don't want to make a big deal of the QAnon ban to the media because they fear if we push this, it looks like we're trying to offer up something in place of the thing everyone wants, meaning Trump ban. We're good either way, we'll discuss, but I'm generally in the space of let's start taking action and not doing big comms push around this. We can explain why if we're asked, but worry if we push this, it looks like we're trying to offer up something in place. Oh, yeah, so now they're talking about it. Well, now they understand the cat's out of the bag a little bit, you know. Right. That evening, a Twitter engineer DMs to Roth to say, I feel a lot of debates around exceptions stem from the fact that Trump's account is not technically different from anybody else's and yet treated differently due to his personal status without corresponding uh, Twitter rules. And this is just a uh, picture here, pretty much stating that email. Going down, Ross response hints at how Twitter would justify deviating from its uh, longstanding policy to put a different spin on it. Policy is one part of the system of how Twitter works. We ran into the world changing faster than we were able to either adapt the product or the policy. So here's the funny mm. thing, right? Mm. They're like, they, they've got to try to figure out how they can censor Trump, how they can ban Trump and get away How can away you change your own rules? Right, exactly. Can you break your own rules? So you can do what you want to fulfill your agenda. Yep. This is some scary shit. Yep. All right, moving forward. The evening of January 7th, the same junior employee who expressed an unpopular opinion about ad hoc decisions that don't appear rooted in a policy speaks up one last time before the end of the day. We already read that one. That was that speech. I think that was the basement employee. Earlier that day, that employee wrote, my concern is specifically surrounding the unarticulated logic of the decision of Facebook that space fills with the idea of conspiracy theory. That all internet mogul, uh, moguls, moguls sit around like kings, casually deciding what people can and cannot see. And that's just that right there. They outline it right there. Uh-huh. Oh, shit. Uh, the employee notes later in that day and will... Ormus noticed the uh, inconsistency to link into an article for a one zero at medium called Facebook chucked at its own rule book to ban Trump. I remember that article. Folks, uh, you can find all this right on Twitter as well. Um, at some point, if you want to just double check or want to see these images for yourself, we are showing them on our video, the Mark G show on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, but if you'd like to click on these articles and see them, you can go ahead and find them on Twitter. Uh, the current user we're reading is Michael Schellenberger. Uh, right now, they're just showing the um, the article that was written by 10mediumcom It's going to proceed to move forward here. 
Facebook suspension of Trump now puts Twitter in an awkward position. If Trump does indeed return to Twitter, the pressure on Twitter would reamp up to find a pretext on which to ban him as well. Indeed. And as Barry Weiss will show tomorrow, that's exactly what happened. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of Michael Schellenberger's Twitter files. Dear God, I really wished it was just one reporter, but I kind of get why they are doing this because they are building up a, a profile for all these reporters, right? They're trying to help these reporters out. So that's my guess. And doing Maybe, it yeah, and doing it in the forms of the posts that they're doing it, I think they're doing it to get their algorithm up there on these posts. That'd be my guess. I don't know. Elon's, I don't know. Uh, Elon's the genius I'm figuring this out, right? Right. He's got something going on. He does. He knows what he's doing. That's why he's a billionaire. Good Lord. Okay, we're on the last ones that are released. So let's get forward on this. Barry Weiss, we're back to her. She confuses me with her post, but I'm going to try my best. On the morning of January 8th, President Donald Trump, with one remaining strike before being at risk of permanent suspension from Twitter, tweets twice. 6.46 a.m., the 75 million, no, sorry, 75,000 great American, oh, no, I was right, 75 million, right? I am right. Look at that. Fuck, I question myself and then re-question myself. 646, 75 million great American patriots who voted for me, America first, and make America great again will have a giant voice long into the future. They will not be disrespected or treated unfairly in any way, shape, or form. Okay. Okay. That doesn't sound right, right. I guess so. Unfairly. That's that's a, <laughs> a bad word. <laughs> it's extremely right? bad, right? right. 744 AM. To all those who have asked, I will not be going to the inauguration on January 20th. All right. Thank you, Eric White. I thought it was million at first. Thank you, Eric Wetrick from my uh, Facebook. And there's the tweet. For years, Twitter has restrict, uh, resisted calls, both internal and external, to ban Trump on the grounds that blocking a world leader from the platform or removing their controversial tweets would hide important information that people should be able to see and debate. Our mission is to provide a forum that enables people to be informed and engage their leaders directly. The company wrote in 2019, Twitter aims was to protect the public's right to hear from their leaders and to hold them accountable. So you know what's funny is, no matter how we're talking about the beheadings, earlier onto the show. Yeah. That's what they were using to save that information. When they were saving right. a dictator from posting, they went back to this policy. They went back to this policy in regards to that. But after January 6th, as Matt uh, Taibbi and mm-hmm. Shell and Hamburger, whatever, have documented, pressure grew both inside and outside of Twitter to ban Trump. I'm going to move down a little bit here. There were dissenters inside Twitter, maybe because I am from China, said one employee on January 7th. I deeply understand how censorship can destroy the public conversation. Let me. Uh, wow. Right. So, folks, this is um, internal messaging here. So let me open this up. So Redactus says, maybe because I'm from China, I deeply understand how censorship can destroy the public conversation. Thursday, January 7th, 2021 at 1020. I understand this fear, but I also think it's important to understand that the censorship by a government is very different than censorship of the government. The First Amendment in the U.S. and similar legislation in other countries with similar concepts exist specifically to prevent the government from silencing the people. 
I respect that, but respectfully, we impose far stricter rules on effectively everyone else on the platform. We started That's crazy, right? We started labeling restricting his tweets when they became a threat to democracy. We seem like that was our red line yesterday. He clearly attempted to overthrow our demo- democratic system of government and showed no signs of remorse. What? If this is not clear reason to suspend him again as an unhedged ruler attempting to subvert the most powerful democracy in the world, I'm not sure what would be. Shrug. How? How? What, what was the attempt? Because he spoke and said, I want to recount. He questioned the election. He was a threat to democracy. How? Hillary questioned the election when she ran on Trump. She said that this the person Russians started out with so much like logic and reason. And right? then they had me. They had me at the first half. I'm not going to lie. Well, remember, this they is a two way conversation. This is another person talking. Oh, whoever that last person w- yeah. talking yeah. is out of their fucking mind. Right? Exactly. That's all I know. So, yeah, like, let's keep moving. God damn. But voices like that one appear to have been distinct minority within the company across Slack channels. Many Twitter employees were upset that Trump hadn't been banned earlier. After January 6th, Twitter employee organized to demand their employer ban Trump. There is a lot of employee advocacy happening, said one Twitter employee. So here we go with another, looks like internal conversation here. They were reaching for... That third strike. Yeah, they're definitely reaching for that third strike, Eric. I definitely agree with you. Absolutely. All right. So going back, the names, uh, folks, please note that the names are redacted. uh, So there is no names within this Twitter file. So when I'm talking, please know that there is a multi-conversation going on. We have no idea who's saying what. Right. I am still struggling to understand the decision not to ban Trump altogether, given he is inciting people to violence that has led to people being killed. And I think we owe people an explanation externally. People being killed. BLM. That's all. This is the elephant in the room. I'm sorry, folks. That was me commentary. It feels like Twitter policy is engaged with someone uh, acting in bad faith and we won't acknowledge it. Do we have any belief that Trump will stop tweeting incitements to violence? If Alex Jones was shut down for get your battle rifles, he's far exceeded that standard. I think a lot of employees must share these concerns. Is there any sort of channel or group where we can organize more action? There is a lot of employee advocacy happening both here and in Q2, whatever that is. I understand he was our president and that may have have been the reason why we were hesitant to do it. But I think come January 20th, there's absolutely no excuse why his account shouldn't be suspended for good. I have friends with 1K fo- IT 1K followers that, and it stops right there. There is no. So is there, hold on, is there, oh, ah, hold on, I got you. Go back. So what does it say? Uh, is there any sort of channel or group where we can organize more action? So this is just a hyper liberal company with liberals inside getting into groups, developing little think tanks, trying to find ways to bend the definitions of rules and find people guilty of anything and everything that they felt was against what they liked. Exactly. Just little fucking think tanks all over the place. And they're just like expedition. Dude, it's fucking weird. <laughs> that's a that's a cult. It is. That is a cult. 
And I'm going to say the same shit goes on the right wing fucking party as well. You I know, know what I mean? Right. They're not the, the only unfortunate thing is the right wing people are not this organized. Right. Let's be honest to fucking inbred to be disorganized. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> true. Folks, my brother. All right, let's keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. All right, moving forward here. We have to do the right thing and ban this account, said one staffer. It's pretty obviously he's going to try to thread a needle of incitement without violating the rules, said another. Let's go back to this. This isn't part of that conversation. That's a bunch of redacted. Uh, that last sentence, we have to do the right thing here and ban this account. It says it three times. Holy crap. They were really aggravated. We don't have a good track record of acting on his account, except in the clearest and most explicit of cases, and even then. In my opinion, extraordinary circumstances demand extraordinary leadership. It took three years, but I've lost faith. Actually, actual votes, Donald Trump, Republican Party, 232, 46.9%, 74,223,744. Second this, it's pretty obvious he's going to try to thread the needle of incitement while not violating the rules. So here they are trying to say, hey, we know, we, we think Trump is going to incite violence but he's going to do it cautiously. Yeah. Well, we read his last tweets. There was no incitement of violence. There was not even a hint of violence. But yet they still banned him. Let's move forward. In the early afternoon of January 8th, the Washington Post published an open letter signed by over 300 Twitter employees to CEO Jack Dorsey demanding Trump's ban. We must examine Twitter's complicity and what President-elect Biden has rightly termed insurrection. But Washington Post is a fucking <laughs> left wing. Doesn't uh, the dude Amazon? What's his name? Uh, Little bald skinny guy. Yeah, I got know who you're talking about. Yeah, I know you're talking about Amazon. So, yeah, Amazon. Amazon. Doesn't owned. he own? Yeah, uh, Washington Post. I think so. Yes. Hmm. But hmm. the Twitter staff assigned to evaluate tweets hmm. quickly concluded that Trump had not violated Twitter's policies. I think we'd have a hard time saying this. And this is incitement, wrote one staffer. It's pretty clear he's saying the American patriots are the ones who voted for him and not the Bezos. Terrorists. Yes, Thanks. Bezos. Eric, there you go. Appreciate you, bro. Or Bozo. Bozo. Yeah, yeah it is Bozo. It's pretty. Bezos. Let me Words that. are hard, man. <laughs> they are. It's been, a long, it's been a long week, even though it's Monday. Right? It's pretty clear that he's saying the American <laughs> patriots are the ones who voted for him and not the terrorists. We can call them that, right? From Wednesday. So, wait a minute. So, there calling american patriots and twitter's where if, let me reread re this my listeners please comment in the in, in your in your in the comment section here or even chime in on wisdom right now let me know what you think of this are they calling american patriots terrorists at this point on twitter i'm going to reread yeah. this phrase it's pretty clear he's saying the american patriots quotes are the ones who voted for him and not the terrorists and then in hypostrophes, we can call them that, right? From Wednesday, are they calling American patriots terrorists in that in that in that paragraph? Is that what I'm getting from that? It's what it sounds like. Or is this just my maniac brain just playing games with me? <laughs> it's what it sounds like, right? All right. Another staffer agreed. Don't see the incitement angle here. Let's go back into the eternal files. <laughs> <laughs> all right so 
I see has pinged us to ask about incitement for the DJT tweet, and we want to Donald J. Trump tweet, and we want to see if we can incline it. They have a link to the, the tweet over there. I, I don't see it though. Redacted says, I don't see the incitement of fear. What PC could it be trying to incite fear about? I don't see the incitement of fear. What okay, the same thing, same thing over and over again. Jesus, okay. I think we'd have hard hard time saying this is incitement. It's pretty clear he's saying the American patriots are the one who voted for him and not the terrorists. We can call them okay. Oh, Why do they Trump do this saying to me? That. That's Trump saying that. Is that Trump saying that? The American patriots are the ones who voted for me and not the terrorists. We can call them out, right? Like the people who are not voting against him are the terrorists. Okay. That's what Trump is saying. Is right? that was tr those are Trump's. That's okay. what's that's what's being said. Okay. Let's move forward. I also am not seeing clear or coded incitement in the DJT tweet. Donald J. Trump tweet. Uh, Donald J. Trump tweet wrote. And Nika Navaroli, a Twitter policy official, I'll respond in the elections channel and say that our team has assessed and found no vios or violations for the Donald J. Trump. Let's see. Let me just pull that up. That just might be the conversation there that we were just talking about. That is the conversation. I'm just going to show you all the uh, image there and move forward. Yep. Cool. She does just that. As an FYI, safety has assessed the Donald J. Trump tweet above and determined that there is no violation of policies at that time. This is just them talking about it, saying that it's uh, been not violating moving forward later. Navaroli would testify to the house January 6th committee Four months. I have been begging and anticipating and attempting to raise the reality that if nothing, if we made no intervention into what I saw occurring, people were going to die. Next, Twitter safety team decides what Trump's 7.44 a.m. Eastern Standard Time tweet is. Also, not a violation. They are unequivocal, and it's clear no violation. It's just to say he's not attending the inauguration. To understand Twitter's decision to ban Trump, we must consider how Twitter deals with other heads of state and political leaders, including in Iran, Nigeria, and Ethiopia. Iran's Ayatollah Ali Khamenei tweeted, Israel is a malignant cancerous tumor in the West Asian region that has, no, that has to be removed and eradicated. It is possible and it will happen. Twitter neither wow. deleted the tweet nor banned Ayatollah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's fucking... Right? That's it's that kind. Of, it's that kind of language that the left is really, really good at. And it's... It's a very controlling language. It is. And Eric, right? Israel is a malignant cancerous tumor in the West Asian. Like, that's, God, that fucking language, man. <laughs> and People Eric, who use that language are automatically red flagged in my life. Like, anybody that uses that language, I will not associate with in real fucking human life. I'm right. done. I I don't have I don't have the patience. I don't have I don't have the patience to deal with those people. It's too much. Too much. I'll disagree with that one. <laughs> Eric, I will agree with you. Lying to Congress uh, is, is definitely a crime. And there, there's got to be answers to this. And Bogues, hey, to each their own. Um, I'm going to digress and move forward here. In October 2020, the former Malaysian prime minister said it was a right for Muslims to kill millions of French people. 
Twitter deleted his tweet for glorifying violence, but he remains on the platform. The tweets below was taken from the Wayback Machine. And you can see mm. the tweet right there. It says, uh, Muslims have the right to be angry and to kill millions of French people for the massacre of the past. Bananas, dude. Uh, Mohamedou Bari, the president of Nigeria, incited violence against pro-Biafra groups. Those of us in the field for 30 months who went through the war, he wrote, will treat them in the language they understand. Twitter deleted the tweet, but didn't ban them. Huh. In October 2021, Twitter allowed Ethiopian Prime Minister Abai Ahmed to call on citizens to take up arms against the Tigray region. Twitter allowed the tweet to remain up and did not ban the Prime Minister. I obviously can't read this, but it says this tweet violated Twitter rules about abuse. You can't read that? Nope. Nope. I cannot read that language. I'm sorry. Come on, Mark. I know. I guess I'm going to have to go to college. It almost looks like hieroglyphics. It does. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a pretty cool. It's like pretty cool. It looks kind of dope. Right? It's very interesting. Those are like very interesting characters. They are. (laughs) Well, go back. What is that? What language is that? Um, I'm going to, I'm just going to jump down a rabbit hole. Is that? Tig Tigray, Tigranian, Tig what the Ethiopian, okay. Ethiopian, yeah, Ethiopian. That's Ethiopian. That's pretty cool. I mean, don't get me wrong, but damn, okay. I know. <laughs> All right, folks, sorry, that's our brains Ethiopian. going a little chaotic here. Let's get back on subject. All right, <laughs> all right. Twenty-four in early February, twenty twenty-one, Prime Minister Narendra Modi's government threatened to arrest Twitter's employees in India and to incinerate. Incarcerate them for up to seven years after they restored hundreds of accounts that had been critical to him, uh, critical of him. Twitter did not ban Modi. Let me show this real quick. What's this? So this looks like it might be a news article. Twitter blocks accounts in India as Modi pressures social media. The platform's problems in the country offer a stark example of the difficulty to adhering to its free speech principles amid government worries over its influence. Hmm. Really? But Twitter executive did ban Trump, even though key staffers said that Trump had not incited violence, not even in a coded way. Wait, let me repeat that. Twitter executives did ban Trump, even though key staffers said that Trump had not incited violence, not even in a coded way. Interesting. Less than 90 minutes after Twitter employees had determined that Trump's tweets were not in violation of Twitter's policy, Vijaya Gotti, Twitter's head of legal policy and trust, asked whether it could, in fact, be coded incitement to further violence. We're going to pull up this conversation real quick. Remember, folks, she's been fired. She was the first one to get fired when Elon Musk took over. Ethiopian alphabet looks fucking gnarly, dude. <laughs> You're looking it up. Vijay yeah, Gaddy says, thanks. The biggest question is whether a tweet like the one this morning from Trump, which isn't a rule violation on its face, is being used as code and incitement to further violence. If you have any context or insight, we should consider I'm all ears. E.g. use of term American patriots, and they will not be disrespected or treated unfairly in any way shape or form this is an interesting question i am going to speak with my team asap to see if we can run a quick survey to get reactions to the language contained in the tweet and get back to you i'm not sure i would rely on a survey i worry about how that would be perceived externally wondering if we have anything in past research that could be relevant 
They're just digging. They are. They're digging hard. They're dude. like twisting the definitions of words like, just so they could do whatever they want to do with it. They're like, screw the shovels. I'm getting the excavator in here. We're fucking digging hard. All right, let's move forward. A few a few minutes later, Twitter employees on the scaled enforcement team suggested that Trump's tweet may have violated Twitter's glorification of violence policy if you interpreted the phrase American Patriots to refer to the rioters. Oh, okay. Let's click on this. Going over here, folks. This is this is so deep. All right. This person is redacted except to when we get down to Anika. So Anika is going to be the last one I read. Scale is asking if we could consider Trump's tweet for government. If we consider American patriots to refer to the rioters, they have a point. From POV, team, my laptop is frozen. I will re-log in, rejoin ASAP. He has said they understand our position, but will continue to push their GOV assessment with leadership. They see it that he is the leader of a violent extremist group who's glorifying the group. and it's So they're calling Trump. Wait a minute. Right in this yeah. this phrase, they're calling Trump yeah. a leader of a violent extremist group. Patriots. Who? Patriots. People who love America and the Constitution. Conservatives? Republicans? Yes. yes. Independents they are, who are may- a violent extremist group. Damn. I'm a violent and that's, extremist. And that, that is, according to them, if they were to... Uh, so wait, is this scaled escalation team... Working with the government, right? Because the last thing they said, uh, oh, wait, right here. Should we square off with GOV and the D? No, okay. So uh, in the last one, did they say that they got to give the government agency? Well, that's, to, I'm wondering, something? square off GOV. I'm wondering if GOV is government. I mean, I don't know, man. I like, don't know. Are they colluding? Are they like, all right, FBI, right? This is our angle. Do we get your fucking seal of approval to fucking do this? The FBI, the DOJ. Whoever, whoever is involved, right. any one, two, three, four, or five letter fucking abbreviated <laughs> agency that's within the government that's really running things. Right. Because it's not Biden. Exactly. It's or it means not. it wasn't even fucking Trump. Right. But Trump at least pointed out all this fucking. <sighs> <Right>. All right. <laughs> Moving Let's forward. Go. Do you think we should square off GOV and the DJT assessment or would it be helpful at this point? I think it could be helpful to maybe have a write up of what. Uh, bio assessment would look like just in case scale tips the balance and that becomes decision moving forward that's just bananas absolutely man things escalate from there members of the team came to the view uh came to view him as the leader of a terrorist group responsible for violence and deaths comparable to Christchurch shooter or hitler and on the basis wow. and on the totality of his tweets he should be deplatformed that is <laughs> such a crazy stretch. Uh, Eric Weiss, I 100% agree with you on that comment right there. I'm going to throw that up there because I agree with that one. I'm saying these people are nuts. Out of their oh, minds, man. Right? Let's open up this internal tweet here. Just to update you, I spoke to uh, Redacted just now. They understand our assess. Who's the Redacted? They understand um, our assessment of the feds, individual probably tweet, someone right? in the feds. But they now view him as a leader of a terrorist group responsible for violence and deaths comparable to a Christchurch shooter or Hitler. And on that basis, and on the totality of his tweets, he should be deplatformed. They will continue to push that argument with the leadership, and we will see where... I want to know who's redacted. Who's leadership? Right? Who's, who's the leadership? Who is the leadership? Where's, is that Jack Dorsey, or is that above him, and that I, goes to the I, feds? No, it's above him, dude. It's definitely above Jack. And it's definitely above VJ, VJJ, or whatever. And could that be it's, why 
Dorsey told Elon to just push it Jump all it out all. there. Yeah. That way there, because maybe Jack Dorsey's ready to open up. Maybe he's rip ready to fucking, fucking bandaid, right? rip off the bandaid and say, you know what? Let me tell you everything that went down. Let me tell. Maybe Dorsey's got names that now can come know. out. I don't think so, dude. I don't think so. He's look, ultimately these reporters are, are now like their lives are in danger. Oh, they're hundred percent in danger. And I pray their for lives their family and Elon, uh, Elon, his life is in danger right. because the FBI and the CIA are not happy with all of this coming out because now the people know, right? It's, it's like really not going to matter because people are too fucking dumb and <laughs> brainwashed to even care. Right. But it's like, at least the cat's out of the bag now. So I really f- like, I hope these people are all safe. That's all I can say. Agreed. Let's move forward here. Two hours later, Twitter executive hosts a 30-minute all-staff meeting. Jack Dorsey, Vijaya Gatti answer staff questions as to why Trump wasn't banned yet. But they make some employees angrier. Uh, Multiple tweets, Twitter employees have quoted the banality of evil, suggesting that people implementing our policies are like Nazis. Following orders relays you all raw to a colleague. Dude, my computer just tweaked out there. I mean, it looks fine on my end. All right, good. All right, clicking on this right here. This is an eternal message uh, from Redacted. I'm not sure who should hear this, but if you look at the conversation and whatever that folder is, plenty of employees are not responding well to the 30-minute brief. I feel people want to feel heard and having someone with the right purview to reason with. And yet, I am sure Jack and Vijaya are totally saturated. I wonder if we can mobilize people who are on the peripheral of decision-making, but not all consumed to engage with the internal discussions. Hmm. Yo, Ross says, yeah, I've been keeping an eye on it. Candidly, not a lot of people who are close to the decisions would feel safe engaging there. Multiple tweets, they call them tweets, really, have quoted that banality of evil suggested that people implementing our policies are like Nazis following orders, which as someone responsible for our policies who had direct family members in Auschwitz is not uh, exactly an environment I want to wade into. People are angry up. and want to express themselves, but the way the conversation happens can close off meaningful engagement. Fuck you, Yoel, you <laughs> stupid fucking hypocritical son of a bitch. <laughs> Fuck you. And uh, ladies damn. and gentlemen, that ends on that one. It ends on that one. Let me just double check. Let me just go to hold on. Let me see. Oh, wait. No, look, I had to hit show. I hate this freaking way they do it. All right, we got more. Dorsey requests a simpler language to explain Trump's suspension. Roth wrote, God help us. Make me think he wants to share it publicly. Uh, Publicly, dear God. All right, let's click on this. Um, if we get close to the suspension analysis of 8chan or Parler as part of the decision, any links to that content would be helpful for us with Trusted, if possible. I'd like those services to pay a price here. Yep, noted. Dell is rewriting the doc per request from Jack to make it simpler, which, God help us, makes me think he wants to share it publicly. Moving forward. One hour later, Twitter announces Trump's permanent suspension due to the risk of further incitement of violence. Get ready for these tweets, folks. Oh, sorry. Internal messages right here that I'm pulling up. Team Donald J. Uh, Team Donald J. Trump is suspended. Oh, my God. Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. Ah. 
Dear God, I'm so just sad. Touch a bitch. Right? Exclamation, exclamation. Well, this feels like a piece of history. It is. Saw the message. Thank you, everyone, for your impactful work this week for the discussion and for drafting all these complex assessments. I am very proud to work and learn from you every day. Wishing you a good weekend. Once again, this is from the redacted. Who the fuck is the redacted? I want to know who the redacted is. We need to know. Moving forward. And congratulatory big props to whoever in trust and safety is sitting there to whack-a-mole these, uh, whack-a-mole in these Trump accounts. Let's see. All right. So yeah, it's just the message says big props to whoever in trust and safety is sitting there whack-a-moling these Trump accounts. Can we get them one of these awesome cards I've heard about? Definitely some extraordinary acts of awesomeness going on around Twitter right now. Don Jr.'s account needs to be what now now they're coming after John Jr.'s account, which never got just anybody, anybody right? who's Any, got a fucking conservative voice. Right. That's wild, man. All right. So by the next day, employees express eagerness to tackle medical misinformation as soon as possible. Folks, the reason why I go for a quick silence is just because I'm clicking on these images and getting through there. What Redactus said, yes, we absolutely plan to do this in 2021 with the timeline being as soon as possible. COVID is one of the specific diseases. Medical misinformation is much broader category of harmful content. We've laid a lot of the groundwork for policy and product behavior through our work on COVID and the election. The, the misinfo policy team and, and TN, whatever that is, along with uh, terms and services, along with the folks in health experience, TWS research and other teams across the company are now focused on getting to a place of improved maturity and how our policies are actualized across reporting operations, global scale, scope, et cetera. We'll have more to share on this soon. So, okay, so listen. So they're already talking about, listen, we're going to hold off on COVID. We're going to hold off on the COVID. Essentially, they're probably waiting yep. until Biden comes into office when yep. Biden gets uh, fucking sworn in. All right, so for the longest time, Twitter's stance was that we aren't the arbiters of truth, wrote another employee, which I respected, but never gave me a warm, fuzzy feeling. Let me get a drink real quick. All right, so Redactus says, very excited to see us handling more categories of misinformation for the longest time. Twitter's stance was that we aren't the arbiters of truth, which I was respected, okay? That said, my dad is an MD to give context. Any and medical misinformation is really hard topic, even for COVID-19. We only covered a narrow category of information. As an example is take vitamin C, vitamin D, elderberry, and xylitol with GSE daily to reduce COVID-19 risk. Good information, creative marketing, or misinformation. Personally, I'm not sure, and I suspect there are views on both sides. Why are regular fucking people so hungry to control others and what they say think do and feel right why why do people want that if it doesn't affect them stay the fuck out of it that's it it's it's i just it's and it's not for like the safety of other people who might come across that that's not what it is like it's a it is a power and control thing has nothing to do with trying to be a good person. Exactly. It's, no, it's all about bananas. control, man. Yeah. Number 37, but Twitter CEO Parag, or oh, I hate this guy, Parag, who would later succeed Dorsey as CEO, told head of security Mudge Zacco, I think a few of us should brainstorm the ripple effects of Trump's ban. 
Eric will add a centralized content moderation, in my opinion, has reached a breaking point now. Let me just look at these. Uh, I'm just going to look at these uh, files here, folks, and then I'll get them out to you. I think, okay, uh, and how we may, might adapt. Who are you suggesting? Not sure. A few of us on staff maybe to start. The future of public conversations feel uncertain to me. To my mind, we need to move fast towards opening up control over policies and enforcement, decentralizing it. Centralized content moderation, in my opinion, has reached a breaking point now. Moving over. Interested to see, interested to hear what people think now that is played out in the way it has. I think more imp question now is the future of public conversation in my mind. This is the end of the road for centralized content moderation. Hard to believe that this approach will be sustainable moving forward. Suggested the mudge that a few of us to get together to anticipate ripple effects and decide on how we want to mobilize for the change ahead. So Twitter is only going to get worse. Yeah. All right, sweet. No pictures. Let's get through some of this. You ready? Mm. <laughs> Outside the United States, Twitter's decision to ban Trump raised alarms, including with French President Emmanuel Macron, German uh, Prime Minister Angela Merkel, and Mexico President Andreas Manuel Lopez Obrador. Uh, Macro told an audience he didn't want to live in a democracy where the key decisions were made by private players. I want it to be decided by the law voted by a representative. That's right. Oh, okay. By yeah. a law voted by a representative or regulated governance demar- uh, democratically discussed and approved by democratic He's uh, full democratic of shit, police. but he's right, right by saying. He is right. He's full Mer- of shit, but he's <laughs> right. right. Merkel's spokesperson called Twitter's decision to ban Trump from its platform problematic and added that the freedom of opinion is of elementary significance. Russian opposition right. leader Alexei Navalny criticized the ban as an unacceptable act of censorship. Whether you agree with Navalny and Macron on the executives at Twitter, we hope the latest installment of Twitter files gave you an insight into the unprecedented decision. From the onset of our goal investigating the story was... Oh, fuck you. Hold on, folks. I ended up scrolling up. Um, so from the outside, the goal of the story was to discover and document the steps leading up to the banning of Trump and to put that choice into context. Ultimately, the concern about Twitter's efforts to censor news about Hunter Biden's laptop, blacklist, disfavored views, and ban a president aren't about the past choices of executives and social media company. They're about the power of handful of people at a private company to influence the public discourse and democracy. Fucking wild. This was reported by and solicited reporters. And once again, the advertising of her newspaper here, the free press folks that concludes five. Wait, do we do five or four? We did four tonight, four frigging Twitter files. And there's more to come from. Oh, geez. Hello. Let me remove my screen. <laughs> yeah. I'll see my son. Hey, <laughs> So, oh, shit. Hold on. Bring it back, Gary. Hey, Gary. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> so we're fucking this shit up. And Mark fucking <laughs> melted down at the end of the This has been a long podcast, dude. It's been a while since we've done a two-hour po- podcast. But listen, folks, this everything that you heard today, everything that we read, you can find on Twitter. Um, links are all in there. I, I will link to these reporters and to the Apple and Spotify when I upload it tomorrow. Um, this should ultimately scare the shit out of you to see that there's this much control between a private company and how they had some of a control over the election, how they interfered with the election, I should say. 
how well, they were they they interfered with the with the current corruption of the government right, right? right. with the federal how they worked with the fbi the dhs and what was the other third party doj, DOJ. DOJ. How they worked with all of them in regards to banning Trump or silencing Trump should fucking scare scare you. That should tell they you really that our, our government's absolutely corrupt. Absolutely corrupt. And conspiracy theorists, huh? Laugh my ass. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but listen, the government's corrupt. And hopefully with the Republicans, I'm not even saying all Republicans are good, right? There are some bad ones out there too. There's bad politicians, right? But we're hoping with the Republicans we got in the office, once once they start working next month, that they start opening up an investigation into our FBI, into the DOJ, into all these government agencies and start cleaning house. They have to. They have to start doing investigations. And we as American people need to demand that. Even if you're on the freaking left, I don't care. If you're a freaking Democrat and you're seeing this right now, if it was tables were reversed and you saw this and it was the Republicans doing this, you would be crying the same thing. You'd, you'd be, be crying. Losing, for, you'd be losing your shit. Cities would be on fire. Right they now. would be. They'd be burning down. And I'm not saying go on burn down, but I'm saying get a hold of your local congressman, your congresswoman, and demand answers. And if they act like they're stupid and they're like, what are the Twitter files? Fucking print them out and show them to them. Because let me tell you what, there's a reason why mainstream media is censoring these Twitter files. Dude, they're not talking about it at all. Not at all. We have one local news channel, WGME 13 in the state of Maine, are the only ones that I've seen post them. And they haven't even posted any recent ones. They posted, I think, part two. They didn't even post part one. No, they did. Mm. I'm sorry. They posted part one, but they left all the other ones. Matter of fact, someone posted uh, yesterday. I can't wait to see what part two brings. My, w- my wife comments, uh, part two has been out for a while. <laughs> but in all reality, folks, you need to wake up. Whether you're on the left, whether you're on the right, whether you're in the middle, I don't care. You need to wake up. You need to realize what happened there is absolutely wrong. Yes, I will 100% agree with you, Eric White, on that comment. But folks, you do need to wake up. This is the longest. We're like almost two and a half hours in on one of the longest podcasts that myself, my brother have ran in months, um, which is probably okay because, you know, we are taking a two week hiatus while Gary goes and goes and enjoys some sunshine and some family time on a vacation. I still don't know what a fucking vacation. Dude, I got to I got to go on a vacation. I'm losing my shit, man. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you enjoy that vacation, my man. And for everybody else, since we're not going to hear from you or see from you, then unless you're tuning into any of my other online social platforms like Twitch or TikTok, I want to wish everybody here a Merry Christmas. I hope you have a phenomenal holiday. Enjoy the time with your family because remember, tomorrow is never promised. We're never promised a second from today or never a second from the second that just happened. We're never promised it. So make sure you give your loved ones a hug and a kiss, even the ones that disagree with you. Remember, it's just freaking politics. And at the end, we are all humans. We need to figure out how to get through this and get along. We can't hate on our neighbors. We can't hate on our family. I'm tired of seeing the division that we have in our country right now. We got to figure out how to get through it. I appreciate everybody tuning in. You guys have a good night and a Merry Christmas. You as well, Eric. You as well. Merry Christmas to you and your family. To all of you on on, um, Wisdom here, which is amazing. We've hit 70 listeners tonight on... Wow. Uh, on 
on wisdom. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate everybody out there and I wish all of you a Merry Christmas. Um, And we will see you guys at the beginning of the year. Enjoy your two weeks, Gary. I will give you shit. I will bug you during your vacation anyways. Oh, we'll be talking. We always talk. That we do. For that, I'm going to end this podcast for now. And to everybody, have a great night. Gary, do you have any final words before I end this thing? Uh, Question your fucking representatives, man. That's it. It's just weird. Too much weird shit going on. Question things. Be cool to your neighbors. Um, Buy ammo. (laughs) Lots of ammo. I got plenty. Let's go. You've been listening to the Snowflake Melter, the Mark G Show. Mark is your everyday hardworking business owner that loves America, and he certainly doesn't mind telling it like it is. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. To send an email, it's on air at themarkgshow.com. And find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The Mark G Show. See you next time. We'll be right back.